A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And welcome to The Simpsons for um, One More Podcast. I'm Emma Apps. And with me as always is my co-host. And yeah, this is Bob Shoy. I was jumping the gun there. I was so eager to start. <laughs> and this week we are talking about our four and one more favourite episodes of season seven. This Ooh, is going to be a good season one. Season seven. I can't believe how far oh, we've it's come. so good. This, I, I feel know. like... I feel like this is going to be one of our longest episodes yet because I feel like we've both got so much to say about this season in comparison to what we said about other seasons. We'll see. We'll see. Like I was the last time we had an episode that went over two hours long. I was like, oh, with the edit, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> also, we've we've spoken a lot about some of these episodes, so we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably going to be a long one because season seven it is phenomenal. phenomenal. Oh my god, how funny is that? Whoa. We both. A phenomenal is not even a word that people use all the time. So no, me and it's you, it's the only way to explain to describe season seven, <laughs> isn't it? Clearly, so. yeah. It's one of those seasons we talked about. It, I think with season five or six, one of the ones we just did, and yeah. um, where like every episode is brilliant. Yeah, like even the bottom of the rung on this season is like still fantastic. There isn't really a bad episode in it. Yeah, so I'm looking, and this is this season's got 25 episodes, and I'm looking towards yeah. the bottom of the list. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say number 23, number 24, and number 25 on my list, I would gladly sit and watch and not even be like, oh, I'm going to skip this. Like, I would would happily just sit and watch it. So I feel like this is an almost near-perfect season. And I think a lot of people consider Seven as, like... Peak. The peak. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, And I know we've said it before, but this is the first um, official... Uh, Oakley and Weinstein era um, season Mm. Um, so and I know a lot of people um, say that that is obviously like the peak as we've just said so so yeah let's uh... they just do so many interesting things from this point on in The Simpsons Um, so when I've picked my favorite episodes um, I always put little asterisks next to my possibilities for my one more choice yeah and there's so many asterisks because there's so many interesting episodes and concept episodes in this season. I know. And it's just, they were just really, like a lot of people have said over the years, like at this point in The Simpsons' lifespan, 
all the writers thought, you know, this might be our last season. This might be our last. This has got to be the end of it nearly. So they were just like throwing everything out there and all sorts of crazy concepts. They take a lot of risks, I think. Risks in inverted commas. Yeah, and like they nearly all pay off. Yeah, definitely. Um, the thing is as well, like looking at um, episodes 1 to 25, I'm looking like somewhere in the middle of my list and mm. there's, I know that there's going to be a lot of episodes in this season that are people's favorites that we actually won't even get a chance to talk about and that like yeah. frustrates me so much because even you looking, always just want to talk about every single every episode, single episode. yeah definitely that's what i was just about to say like there's episodes in the middle that i'm like oh i really wish i could speak about this i really wish i could speak about that but obviously we we just don't have the time to sit and talk about every single episode yeah, that's a different so, podcast altogether yeah <laughs> so we'll do what we normally do and we'll try yeah. and get through it but yeah, I mean, this, I sort of, so if keen listeners will already know what my two favourite episodes of this season are, because two episodes from this are on my top of all time. And if you can't remember, you'll be getting your memory refreshed later in this. Uh, the rules state, <laughs> the rules of the podcast state, that if one of the episodes in a season is on either mine or Emma's all-time favourite top four episodes, the other person is not allowed it on their list when we cover the episode, regardless of if it's one of their favourites. So there's two on this that Emma's not allowed whether or not they would have been in her list or not. So thanks for that, Bob, because I really like those episodes too. Yeah. Uh, But so so a lot of people will know what half of my list is already, but we'll come to them again. Uh, So I really only had like two choices. And you had this on one of the previous series where you had only had really like two choices. Yeah, I think that was last season. Yeah, one of them for me was like a lock. I knew what my third favourite was. But my fourth was really tough and it was between two episodes and they're both so similar that it was tough to choose between them. Oh, really? That's interesting. Um, um, I think apart from if you put aside the two episodes that I already know are on your list, I think I've got an idea in my head of maybe one or two episodes that you could potentially pick. So it'd be interesting to know mm. if I've guessed it right or not. Well, it's my turn to go first, so we might as well just find out now if one of them is this yeah my number four favorite episode of season seven is marge be not proud oh no this this is definitely not one that Mm. i would have picked for you and this isn't on my list so you're more than welcome Uh, to to go ahead because that's another that's another um little thing that we have if it's higher on my list then he has to wait for me to We have to there. wait until it crops up on the other person. Yeah, but this isn't on my list, so go ahead, like crack on. It might, it might be the first time that we have completely unique lists on a season. That because I would be, be surprised if my next one's on yours as well. So, do you know what mm. this is? Um, this is a good prime example of an episode that's quite low down on my list, but I actually really love this episode. Mm-hmm. What I like about this episode. Um, and I was surprised. I thought this would be high, but I didn't think it would be top four. But when I watched it this time, I was like, no, this is, I love this episode. It's a very emotional episode. It hits you in the you feels. <laughs> yeah, but it's a Bart, Bart and Marge, which you don't always get. No. And when you get Bart and Marge, it's incredibly sweet. I think you get more Homer and Lisa. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the Bart and Marge it's a really sweet dynamic because Marge obviously loves her son and sees the best in him, but she knows he's not the greatest kid, but to her, he's her son. And 
you really feel that in this. And when she thinks that he's betrayed her and has taken a step that she didn't think even he would do, she's so crushed by it. And the way that she reacts to it is so, like, devastating. Yeah. Like, the way she just becomes so cold to Bart and, and I think I think the the part of the episode that sort of like Bart is like oh no what have I done is when um when she just she just says to him all right like I I give up like I'm done and he's like oh like that's not normally how you would react so he kind of takes a step back and he's like oh shit I've actually messed up this time like I've gone too far um and you don't see that very often because as you say like normally Bart is just this um like really naughty child and Marge is like oh no he's not and like really protects him and really sort of like sticks up for him but this time she's like no you've gone way too far and he's like she can't really defend him no uh yeah when she's just like good night Oh, yeah. He just, like, flicks his light off. It's just really tough, isn't it? And he does... He's like, oh, here comes the sleepy train. And she's like... Yeah. Night. Yeah. Night, you little shit. <laughs> and she gives him the... Well, one of my favourite moments... This is actually a moment in this episode that has the pink dot. Yeah. Uh, where I put a pink dot next to my favourite moments in a season. I think about this all the time. It's, she puts the marshmallow... He puts his oh. own marshmallow in his coffee and then slices it. <laughs> hey! Give me a slice. I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> Give me a I slice. I love it. Here's your hot chocolate. You didn't put my marshmallow in. I think you're old enough to do it yourself now. Okay, I can handle that. Hey! Give me a slice! Yeah, if Becca's eating someone that looks kind of shit, that's what I say. <laughs> oh, bless her. Hey, give me a slice. I love that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but I think it's also another reason I love it is I love the very first ever episode of The Simpsons. Um, yeah. Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. And that was the first episode of ever, and it was the Christmas special. And this is the first time they've done a Christmas special since then. No way. Yeah, I there's even... no Christmas episodes until season seven. I didn't even realise that. That's actually pretty, uh, pretty shocking because obviously it's taken seven seasons for them to then do another yeah. Christmas. That's crazy. I didn't even realise. I think it's because that first episode was so iconic, and for a long time it was the only episode of The Simpsons that people knew, and it was, it was the first thing on telly of The Simpsons. Like once they got their own show and everything. I remember, I remember being a kid and like around Christmas time, and my mum was always like, "Oh, what do you want for Christmas?" And I was like, "Buy me bone straw, I'm gonna go to hell." <laughs> and she was like, "She was like, what?" Yeah, so they, I think they, I think they felt the pressure of that first Christmas episode, and then so it took them this long to do it again. And I really think they nailed it with this one, hundred percent, because it it has the warm feels that you want from a Christmas episode. Um, and I think it hasn't got like a, like loads and loads of gags in it. It's more of an emotional one. There are bits in it I like, like the "Give me a slice." Um, <laughs> I like um, I like um, when he like enters his name in the game and he goes "Thrill House." Oh yeah, <laughs> Thrill Ho. <laughs> Thrill Ho. I'm not gonna lie. Like I know you like gaming as well. Like I do, but not like I'm not a massive gamer. But I have, as a kid, used Thrill Ho quite a lot. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't. I think all the characters really are well written in this series. I was about to say Marge is really good in this season. 
Well, I actually um, did. She has like a. Yeah, go, go on. on. No, no, I was just going to say, look, I did a little bit of research on this season, just like as as we would, and I read somewhere that um, Opium Weinstein wanted this season to be like peak family, so the majority of the episodes right. are just about the five family members, and then yeah, there's an odd episode. That. Yeah, there's an odd episode of like side characters like Sideshow like Bob and stuff, um, mm. but this season, more than other seasons, is more focused more on all five episodes um sorry all five family members so they each get at least a couple of standout episodes and obviously yeah. this is this is equally marge and bar i mean i know it's supposed to be a bar episode but i do feel like there's a lot of peak marge in this as well i think homer's already great like they've already like nailed the character of homer but this season i think marge and bar and lisa are all so well written yeah 100% and they're like all as good as homer yeah. in this season and have as much time and moments as homer which i really love i think this season um you get a lot of depth in marge which as as much yes. as marge has had sort of her own standout episodes you do see a lot of more more depth in her cuz obviously she's got this episode and then she's got uh, the the class struggle episode with the yeah. Chanel suit and stuff like that. So I feel like this episode, uh, sorry, this season is very much um, Marge sort of getting deeper and deeper as a character. And like the character arc is um, shown a lot more than in other seasons. They really like, they really nail like a new dimension to Marge, which is the way I associate how I like Marge, which is she's kind of lame, but she kind of knows it and doesn't care. And she's like almost will not she's too um like selfless too selfless but she feels guilty if she does anything that's like just for her like the suit and um like when she says like this pair of shoes like well i do already have a pair of shoes and things like that <laughs> and, and like with um, the chanel suit she's like well if it was something all of the family yeah, could wear exactly <laughs> Uh, and the uh, music is none of my business, all that stuff, where she's just very simple. I really love that character of her. And it, um, with loving my kids is lame, I guess I'm just a big lame, like that, <laughs> that whole thing. Mom, I'm not a little kid anymore. Tuck-in time is lame. Well, if loving my kids is lame, then I guess I'm just a big lame. Mom, it's lame to be proud of being lame. Well, life is like a box of chocolates. Mom, you no, mom. You're gonna get. She reminds me a lot of my mum in this season. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, my mum is exactly like that. Like, my mum, until obviously me and my sister grew up and moved out, my mum would never, ever buy herself a new outfit. And I'm like, right. just buy yourself an outfit, mum. Like, <laughs> I really don't care. Like, I don't need anything. Stop, you know. Definitely, like, my mum is like Marge in this, definitely. Can I ask you something? Of course you can. Do you like eggnog? Do you know what? I don't think I've ever tried it. Honestly, I don't no, think Becca, I have. Becca loves it. I mean, I feel like I probably would really like it because I like a lot of sort of custardy type flavours. Um, but, yeah, I've never... Mm. Just the name of it sounds gross to me, so I don't have it. Yeah. Only 30 sweet noggy days. I was literally <laughs> just about to say... <laughs> <laughs> All knock house. Homer, didn't you get any milk? All I see is eggnog. Tis the season, Marge. We only get 30 sweet noggy days. Then the government takes it away again. I think I'm having chest pains. I really want to try it, though. I really feel like I'd like it, but I don't know. It's just, we just can't 
We can't buy it here, can we? You, at Christmas, you can get it in Starbucks. You can oh, get like okay. a, an eggnog, eggnog latte, latte or whatever, but yeah. Becky gets it. Yeah, she gets it without the coffee. Oh, okay. So, it's just so she eggnog. says, can you do me an eggnog latte without the coffee? And they go, okay. And she drinks that. Just eggnog. <laughs> all through December, yeah. Oh, bless her. <laughs> Maybe I should try that. It's worth a go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, the other thing I love in this episode is uh, Don Brodka. <laughs> Cafiche. Capiche. <laughs> Did you understand that? Well, everything apart from capiche. All right, show's over. Uh, excuse me? You think you're pretty smart, don't you? No. Don't smart up to me, smart guy. Uh, I, I, I can pay for the game. I'll pay for it. You know, that kind of mush might fly at Lamps Plus, but don't pedal it here. If I wanted smoke blowing up my ass, I'd be in home with a pack of cigarettes and a short length of hose. <laughs> That's it, Mr. Comedian. I'm calling your parents. <gasps> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Simpson. This is Detective Don Brodka from Try and Save Security. That's right, Don Brodka. Your son, Bart, has been caught shoplifting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a shame, I know, but... Well, try and have a Merry Christmas. They weren't home. Uh-huh. But I left a message on their answering machine. That's right. Um, okay. I've really, really, really learned my lesson. Can I please go now? Yeah, get out of my sight. Hey, kid. One more thing. If you ever set foot in this store again, you'll be spending Christmas in Juvenile Hall. Capiche? Well, do you understand? Everything except capiche. Lousy, stinking piece of crap. <laughs> when he remembers it afterwards, he says his memory of it is catfish or something. Catfish. <laughs> he can't quite remember it properly. <laughs> Do you know what other bit I like in this episode? Marge, is Lisa a Cam Granada? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at yeah. Cam Granada. Hmm. We didn't have a message when we left. Oh, very odd. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Marge, is Lisa at Camp Granada? And I love the uh, speech bubble, the ice stink. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> yeah, this is a brilliant episode. Capiche? So it's got really funny moments, but really it's more the heart and the story for yeah. this one. We talk about like ones that are more jokes or more story or mixture. This is really sort of mostly story. It gets and you it in the feels, like, Even definitely. though I've seen this a million times, that ending does get me. I'm like, oh, it's really sweet. It's a really sweetly written episode, really earnest and nice. Yeah. Lee Carvello's pudding challenge. <laughs> I'm Carvello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Lee Carvello's Pudding Challenge. I am Carvello. Now, choose a club. You have chosen a three-wood. May I suggest a putter? Three-wood. Now enter the force of your swing. I suggest feathered touch. You have entered power drive. So, yeah, that's my number four. Yeah, that's a good choice. So, um, with my number four... um. My number four was actually Bart on the Road, but obviously I couldn't mm. use that because that's on your... It's going to show up later on my list yeah. somewhere. So obviously I had to sort of switch it up and pick a different episode. So the episode I chose instead is Raging Abe Simpson and his grumbling grandson in The Curse of the Flying Hellfish. 
I'm so glad you did the full title. <laughs> well, the thing is, I put Raging Ape Simpson dot dot dot, and then I thought to myself, Bob's going to ask me what the full title is. Yeah. So I Googled it and, and I wrote it all down just to make sure that I had the full title because I knew you'd ask me. I always forget what the full title even is. I always just refer to it as Flying Hellfish. Yeah, Hellfish. This is such a good episode. Like It's um, it's so cinematic. So it's good. Probably, it might be the most cinematic Simpsons episode. With the unlikely pairing of Bart and Grandpa, Grandpa. yeah, and I also think it's a it's a bit of an unlikely pairing as well. Even though they're sort of on the same age, but like Burns and Grandpa is a bit of a random yeah, combo yeah. as well. But um, mm-hmm. I love it. I I love the whole um, like World War Two thing, and like even though it's really unbelievable that like all those members of Springfield were in the same sort of it's a little bit convenient. It's a bit weird, yeah. And like I, and somehow Skinner's there, even though that's not really Skinner. Oh like, no, they. Skinner's I think they say Skinner's grandpa. dad or something. Yeah, but then the, I yeah. guess that make yeah, but that's but he's that wouldn't be that would be Armand Tamzarian's dad. Yeah. So he would be Tamzarian, not Skinner. Con- continuities all out the window. Unless wind, the real Skinner somehow his granddad looks like Tamzarian, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're thinking too far into it, but <laughs> I commanded the flying hellfish, the fightiest squad in the fightiest company in the third fightiest battalion in the army. And we were all from Springfield. There was police chief Wiggum's father, Iggy Wiggum. Um, if anybody finds a grenade without a pen, that's mine. Our radio man, Sheldon Skinner. All right, very funny. Well, I didn't join the service to make friends. And watching our backs was Private Fifth Class Ernie Gumbo. Uh. Then there was also Griff Asa Oxenetch. But every unit has a troublemaker. Ours was a cocky little private named Montgomery Burns. <sighs> Haven't you won the war yet? Uh, hey, you said you was dead. Yes, dead. Tired. But I'm quite refreshed now. Thank you. But yeah, like, I love the whole, um, like, Nazi art thing and just just mm. everything, just the detailing. And like I said, like, I really like it when Bart pairs up with someone and him and Grandpa are like, it's the first time that they've ever really had more than just a couple of lines with each other. So it's really good to see. Mm. And like the beginning bit where he's like really embarrassed of his grandpa and things like that. And I just, yeah, I just think it's a really good episode. And I don't, I mean, there are a lot of uh, gags in this episode, but there's nothing that really like overly stands out for me. It's more the storyline I think I enjoy more. Yeah, it's the story. That's what I've written here. Yeah. I've written, this is a very cool and special episode. It feels <laughs> like a special episode. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because especially in the final act, when they're, when he has to dive down, when, he, when Burns pushes Bart overboard, sorry, and then Grandpa pulls him back and then he's like water skiing off the back of Burns' boat on his slippers and stuff like that. <laughs> the animation it's is so, so good, good and yeah. fluid of him like on that. It's like almost like film quality, like that could be a film. Yeah, definitely. Like an animated film. And you would never get something that fluid the way they do Simpsons now where it's like that sort of digital puppetry. I can't imagine them doing something like this now. Yeah, I almost feel like as well that when you watch this episode, because there's so much detail in and and as you say, it does almost feel like a film. I almost feel like it feels a lot longer than a normal episode as well. Yeah, yeah. I caught a, like a little, it's not even, it's quite an obvious joke, right? But I didn't even get it until this time around and it really made me chuckle, like the subtlety of it. When they're saying about where grandpa can sleep 
And everyone's like, Bart's room, Bart's room, Bart's room. And then he's like, dumpster. The next <laughs> shot is him like looking longingly out the window at a dumpster. No way. And I was like, I've, I never picked up that that's what he's doing. He's like, because oh, he's looking at he's looking at the dumpster outside, <laughs> and then he turns around and Grandpa's in his room. So you're it zooms out from the dumpster. So yeah. the joke is you're supposed to think that he's in the dumpster, and then it zooms out Bart <laughs> looking longingly at it, and then it zooms out to Grandpa being in his room. And I was like, I never got that. No, I, do you know what? I've never got that, and I feel like next time I watch this episode, I will really pick up on it as well. I gotta hold up here for a while. They might still be after me. Wow, he's even more agitated than usual. Maybe we should let him stay. But where are we going to put him? Bart's room. Bart's room? Bart's room. Dumpster. <sighs> Sorry to crowd you, Boyd. Yeah, it was just a really nice little detail that I just noticed this time around. And it's those, that's what makes this episode a really good one. Even though it's actually like sort of from the middle of mine, I appreciate it for being so cinematic and story-driven. Um, in a way that's so different. Yeah, it's, it's very clever this episode. And as I said, like, I really like the characters, the way that they interact with each other and like the, um, the language that's used and things like that. I think it's just a really clever episode. And mm. I do feel like this, this probably could have been like a season finale in an earlier season, if that makes sense. Like the big, like, to end on episode um but i just feel like this season has so many strong episodes that you kind of mm. almost forget how good this episode is because it's just amongst so many other good ones it's episodes like this that i remember like when i was younger it felt like really almost like exciting when you watched it for the first time like oh this is an exciting episode this is really different and there's a few episodes in this season that are so different yeah. like this and it felt special to watch for the first time when they're on i think a lot of it is as you touched on at the beginning it's just like they think that they're coming to with coming to the end of the run of the show yeah. so they're sort of pushing boundaries a little bit more and this is probably like an idea that they had storyboarded for a long long time and i and i just think that it just it all came together the gags came together and it's like do you know what let's just stick it in this season because it works like right time yeah. right place kind of situation yeah Fancy found some pictures. Wait a minute. We ain't supposed to steal from civilians. You want me to report you to Commander Flanders? Just leave them, Bernsey. Leave them for whom? The Germans? The folks who shoot at us all day? Let's just take them. We'll all be rich, rich as Nazis. Whoa! Think of what a guy could get himself with that kind of scratch. Yeah. I could buy chicken dinners three times a day. Uh, I could buy a brand new Studebaker with, with a fan on the dashboard. I could buy my way into high uh, society. Yeah, so yeah, that's my uh, number four choice. Great choice. I'm glad it was on your list because um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about it and I was contemplating because, you know, I don't decide on my yeah. plus one until right at the end. I was contemplating chucking it in there if neither of us did because it's it's worth talking about. Baron one, Gertzenberger. On behalf of the American people, I apologize for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Schnell meet the art things, huh? I must get back to Dan Centrum in Stuttgart in time to see Kraftwerk. Hey, Undumkov, watch out for the CD changer in my trunk, huh? Idiot. I guess he deserves it more than I do. Well, at least I got to show you I wasn't always a pathetic old kook. You never were, Grandpa. Oh, I'd hug you, but I know you'd just get embarrassed. 
I won't get embarrassed. I don't care who knows I love my grandpa. Hey, fun boys, get the room. <laughs> okay, so my number three. And um, I'd be surprised if this is on your list, but this is a real, real favourite of mine. And I wondered if it was just me looking back at rose-tinted glasses, but then when I re-watched it this time around, I was still just like, I love it. And it's uh, Lisa, the Iconoclast. Do you know what? This is my number three too. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah. Oh, amazing. We've got a crossover at number three. I absolutely love this episode. It's such an underrated episode. I love it. It's I so I think it's clever. my favourite Lisa episode. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a pretty strong statement to make, but I I think I agree with you as well. Um, yeah. As I've said in the past, like I do like Lisa as a character. Oh, hang on a second, I just realised that I've got one on this list further up. That's the Lisa episode. Okay, I think this is my second favourite Lisa episode. <laughs> Contradicting yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I was just about to say, like I feel like it's one of those episodes where, like I've said before, that. I, I do like Lisa as a character. So I'm not saying that I don't like her, but this is an mm. episode that makes me like really like Lisa, if that makes sense. Like she has her best qualities like that. Yeah. Wants to do the good thing, wants to investigate and get to the bottom of a situation. Like, And I feel like this mm. episode, I really, I mean, I don't really relate to Lisa in many episodes. And we've had this conversation where obviously you said that mm. you do relate to her as a character, but I, do, I don't really feel like I do, but I feel like in this episode, I do really relate to her because I'm a massive history. I'm a, yeah. I'm a massive history nerd. And like, I feel like if I'd found out something about something historical, I would be like, let's investigate. And I sort of, yeah. And I kind of like the murder mystery, like investigative type stuff as well. So, um, yeah. So like history and investigating is like tick, tick for me. So yeah, I love this episode. When you talk about the mystery of it, the feel of this episode, like it's really funny. It has really funny stuff with like Homer being the town crier and stuff. But like the core story of it is just a really cool mystery. It has like vibes of the who shot Mr. Burns ish episodes where you've got a, a real good mystery at the core of it and you're unraveling it yeah. in a way which is like this is better than just like a, an animated sitcom this is like i'm actually interested in the story and, and the mystery that's going on here and the conspiracy yeah and i really like the character of um hollis is that how you say it oh yeah hollis helver yeah he's great he's great yeah obviously he is uh, donald sutherland didn't know if you know that his little twitchy mustache yeah it moves i love it you're supposed he's, he's one of these characters that you kind of like you love him and then you hate him and then you love him again um but mm. he obviously does the right thing at the end but um yeah i just i i really like his character i just think he's really sweet and he's like here's johnny kicks which is obviously like <laughs> the joke of the shining because like here's johnny and things like that yeah yeah but um yeah and like he's just so like sweet and sincere he's so innocent you had arthritis <laughs> <laughs> just when i was getting over my chester a arthritis <laughs> <laughs> did you had arthritis <laughs> um no. Yeah, I love it. And it's obviously got that's a pr- perfectly cromulent word. Yeah, in Biggins, cromulent words that are just used in like people's everyday lexicon now. Yeah. <laughs> from this episode. A noble spirit in Biggins, the smallest man. Yeah! Springfield! Oh, way to go, Springfield! In Biggins? Hmm. 
never heard that word before I moved to Springfield. I don't know why. It's a perfectly cromulent word. And like you obviously get the story of uh, Jebediah Springfield, which he obviously has, mm. he's not a character as such, but like he's not really mentioned that much apart from the Telltale Hedge where obviously the statue yeah. of him and stuff. So it's really good to sort of get some like um, Springfield like folklore yeah, they're filling in like the history the of gaps, things. Yeah. With this. Um I think Homer's actually brilliant in this as well. Like Lisa's the main character and Homer's like the perfect sidekick in this episode. And do you know what? He is like the sweetest character as well because he's like but you're yeah. but you're always she's like, but um no one believes me and he's like, But you're always right. So obviously you yeah. you're the smartest person I know, so of course you're right. Like that's why I'm believing yeah. you kind of thing. His just whole arc with like becoming the town crier, like, I think I'll be an apprentice. <laughs> what are you going to apprentice in? That's for my master to decide. <laughs> A typhoid <laughs> carrier? Butter churner? <laughs> hey, they need volunteers to play old-timey people in a parade. Look, I can be a butter churner, a typhoid carrier, an apprentice. I think I'll be an apprentice, Marge. What kind of apprentice? That's for my master to decide. How about Town Crier? You'd be great at that. You think so? Well, yeah, Dad. You're a big, fat, loudmouth. And you can walk when you have to. Oh, well, if you kids believe in me that much, I'll give it my best shot. He's such like a child, like an excited <laughs> child in it. It's so awesome. And he's really good at being a town crier. Like, he's really good at it. Like, he finds something that he's good at yeah. and he likes doing and people kind of respect him for. And it's, it's like you say, it's sweet to see him be successful at something. I like the bit as well where um, he's like, hear ye, hear ye, like, what's for breakfast? And she's like, toast. And he's like, I don't <laughs> understand thee, Marge. And she goes, ye old toast. And he goes, Ooh. that has That has the pink dot. Hear ye, hear ye, what's for breakfast? Toast. I don't understand thee, Marge. <sighs> ye old toast. <laughs> That's one of my favourite moments. I've always, always used that ye old, ye old toast. What I do when I make myself pour an old toast, ye old toast. Toast is great, like... Yeah, I love toast. In the, in the, I even love toast. Where I'm like, oh, I'll put up with toast because there's nothing else around. I'm not like a massive breakfast fan. I know that's like, oh. so, yeah, I know it's really controversial, but like, I just I'm not a fan. And like, when I was staying at my mum and dad's house, um, they always say to me, oh, like, go make yourself some breakfast. I'm like, mum, I can't eat for at least two hours until I've woken up. Like, coffee, like, I'll drink coffee as soon as I wake up. But breakfast, I'm like, I really have to wait a while before I can eat. It's weird. In the week, I go to work and get on with my job before I eat anything. Yeah. I get up, get in the car, and I drive to work, and I work until, for, like, a couple of hours and then stop and eat. But it's because I get up early, so... yeah. It's only half nine when I have my breakfast, but I've been up since like six or whatever. That's exactly what I'm like. So I don't have my breakfast till like half nine, ten o'clock as well. My mum and dad think that's like really weird. Well, on the weekend I do. Like when when I'm not working, I get up and eat straight away. Yeah. At like seven or whatever. Because you could pick. Like it's it's like a choice, isn't it? Like you haven't got your routine, you could do what you want. Yeah. But yeah, it's... This episode's brilliant as well. And it's it's not even funny, but I think like one of my favourite moments of this is where she's like, um, I'll have 20 on golden rod, 20 on canary. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have 100 yellow then. Got it, 100 yellow. <laughs> I'd like 25 copies on golden rod. Right. Um, 25 on canary. Canary. 25 on saffron. Mm-hmm. And 25 on paella. Okay, 100 yellow. Brilliant. 
<laughs> 20 on paella. <laughs> Put this in your fife and smoke it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah? Well, put this in your fife and smoke it. <gasps> what the? I love American history as well. Like, I did a lot of American history at uni. Um, so the whole sort of, like, founding fathers and George Washington and mm-hmm. things like that, like, I really like all that sort of side of it. And it's not... I don't think the whole, like, Jebediah Springfield being a pirate, like, is that much of a stretch to believe. I know I know, it's a made-up story, but I think it's quite interesting. It's quite clever, I think. Good God. Jebediah Springfield has been replaced by a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it, Bonesy? <laughs> Countdown races, do-da-dum, Classic Wiggum. Jebediah Springfield has been replaced with a skeleton. No, that's the skeleton of Jebediah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, well, let's start looking for that silver tongue. Don't forget to look in his shoes. When I lose something, sometimes it turns up in my shoes. Forgive us, Jebediah. We mean no disrespect. Well, that settles that. There is no silver tongue. Is there, Bonesy? Oh, I wish, Chief. With that kind of dough, I could buy me some eyeballs. Ha, ha, ha. Well, that's the spirit, Bonesy. Why don't you sing the song for the nice people? All right. <clears throat> Campdown lady, sing this song. Do-da, do-da. It's so good. It's so good. Wiggum's Wiggum. got a lot of good moments in this season again. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I I just said I said that, like it's all about the story of this one again, but also like we've just said like, so many lines that are really funny. This is one of those that has a good balance. I really like the line as well. Um, she called me a PC thug. <laughs> I was about to do that one. Yeah. Well, I've been called a greasy thug too. <laughs> so we're gonna grease ourselves up real good. <laughs> Lisa. Miss Hoover thought I made the whole thing up. She called me a PC thug. Well, I've been called a greasy thug, too. And it never stops hurting. So here's what we're going to do. Grease ourselves up real good and trash that place with a baseball bat. That won't help, Dad. No one's ever going to believe me. But you have proof. We could go get that confession out of Jebediah's fife. We could? Come on. We can use the baseball bat to smash open the case. No baseball bat. No. I actually didn't realise until we started quoting it how many good lines this episode has. Yeah. I actually picked this episode as my number three because I liked the storyline. I didn't actually realise how many good quotes it had. Same. Until we sit here and I'm looking at the lines I've written down, I'm like, oh, the lines are actually brilliant. (laughs) I just always think of, like, I love the story so much. It's it's a great episode. And I'm really amazed that it's so high up for you as well because I always think this is one of those that's like a little bit underrated by people. You don't really talk about it as much. No. And for me, it's a real classic. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. I love it. Uh, yeah. Your band, you and your children and your children's children. For three months. For three months. <laughs> <laughs> now, get out. You're banned from this historical society. You and your children and your children's children. For three months. So, yeah, brilliant. It's a brilliant episode. I love that. So, um... So that was both our number threes. Yeah. So we're on to my number two. Yeah. Well, you'll be ever so surprised to hear... Shock horror! ...that my number two is Summer of Four Foot Two. Yes, brilliant. This, um... The last episode of the season. This is, um, really, really, really high up on my list, but obviously just missed the cut of the top Mm. four and one more, um... When I listened to your original podcast with 
beef tis and becca when you said this i was like yes i'm so glad that someone else appreciates this episode as much as i am because i feel like this is an episode that's quite similar to at least the iconoclast where not many people rate not i'm not saying they don't rate it but not many people mention it ever no it's really weird because it's the episode that has the dud which for a while was like the The simpsons meme yeah yeah but people don't really go on about this episode so much and for me it's like a really cool season ender because it's like they're going on holiday they're going on their summer holidays now it's time for the break it's time for the break of the simpsons they're having the summer yeah um and it just like i said about last season with like lemon of troy and things like that this again captures the kids so well yeah and that feeling of summer so well that almost makes me nostalgic again it's so relatable to how we would have perceived it as children growing up yeah so it's so relatable I think that the kids in this whole season are written so well like my whole top four are Bart and Lisa episodes where that yeah. normally doesn't happen but yeah. this season all of my top ones are Bart and Lisa because they just nail those characters in this season so well yeah no um I was sort of like looking at season eight and season nine as well just like a brief overview on Disney plus and, seeing what's ahead yeah yeah and um there's a lot of episodes in those two seasons as well that the kids are written really really well so i think mm. um i think there's a lot coming up that we've got to look forward to with the kids as well and like all the school the school kids so yeah it's yeah. exciting because i feel up until this moment it's been like basically like homer's been the best character mm. almost like across the board and now like we said before like they're fleshing like the, the other characters are getting as much a spotlight and as as good alliance and stories as homer's been getting previously yeah um and like you said about them trying to really make it about the whole family yeah that doesn't just mean like homer being wacky it means the whole family and everyone's getting really good episodes i also think like going back to the school children that um it's there's a lot of episodes coming up as well where it is a group of school children rather than just mm-hmm. like Martin or just Nelson that it, mm-hmm. they've kind of showcased those characters so much now that they can sort of almost be like secondary characters alongside Bart and Lisa because they've their character has been fleshed out enough. I um I think Marge is amazing in this episode. She's so good. <laughs> she has um when when they get to the the house and they're looking at all the post-it notes, which is hilarious anyway, it's like the side of Ned that like, I love. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah, fill me, Well duh, Ned, with with water. <laughs> uh, park your keister, Mister. I like. <laughs> and when Marge. she when she's holding up the little outfit that she's picked up for Lisa, she's like, "Oh my God, there's a starfish on the fanny." When she walks in with the like tray of food and then hears them talking about it, and walks straight back out again. Like she's really good. She's like mopping up in the background after Homer blows up the oven just in the background of the scene <laughs> like mopping the floor through the door those subtle sort of touches are amazing yeah um when lisa's like criticizing her like oh what so you can make a new set of beds oh, i know you're joking but it is <laughs> she's like excited about making the beds it's so good isn't this fun honey it must be exciting to make a different set of beds i know you're joking but it is oh marge is so good in this season girls lisa Boys kiss girls. <laughs> well, did you call one of your friends? Friends? Huh. These are my only friends. Grown-up nerds like Gore Vidal. And even he's kissed more boys than I ever will. Girls, Lisa. Boys kiss girls. 
Uh, it's just like she's not even a part of the storyline, really. Like you could, no, you could do, she's just there in the background you could all do the time. This episode without Marge, but she has some of the best like little gags, like just in the background that there is. She's funnier than Homer in this episode. Yeah, the bit with the dud is so good because I love seeing her and Homer like kicking back and relaxing yeah. and having fun together. They're playing that game and they're giggling together and being playful. I could hear it's her really like nice. high pitch, like. Ah! You got the Yeah, dirt. she's giggling about him like, don't wait up much. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dream bird. He's like stroking the card. Oh, why do we have to play this lousy old game? Because it was the only one in the house. Come on, Homer. Open the door for your mystery date. Ooh, captain of the football team. He's a dream boat. Don't wait up, Marge. <laughs> okay, Bart, your turn, your turn. You got the dud! <laughs> hey! He looks just like you, Poindexter! <laughs> How come Lisa doesn't have to play? Why does she get to hang out with her friends? You got friends, you got the dud right here. Stand up for yourself, Poindexter. Hey, it looks like you, Poindexter. It's really nice. It's really subtle, this episode. Yeah. Um, And obviously, Millhouse is amazing in it as well. Yeah. Like the sprinklers. It's like... <laughs> And you can see him, like, making all the movements of, like, the types of sprinklers. Yeah. Hey, Bert, summer's almost here. Which kind of sprinkler do you like? The one that goes like this? Or the one that goes like this? Oh, and there's this one. It's the last day of school, Millhouse. Trying to show some dignity. And then Bart gets annoyed at him when he's in the hedge. He's like, they must have seen you. Makes <laughs> <laughs> him hide in the hedge. And it's like when she's reading at the end when they filled her yearbook out and, it, and then he writes, <laughs> see you in the car. <laughs> see you in the car. He's such a loser. I love Millhouse. Oh, it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Marge goes through the shopping bag that Homer's got as well from the like convenience store, and she's like, I don't know what you've got planned for tonight, Homer, but count me out. <laughs> It's like an enema. Like condoms and stuff. <laughs> yeah, enema, condoms, porno max. <laughs> it's just trying to cover up the fireworks. <laughs> you can only imagine in her head what she thinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And also the one one bit I forgot from this episode, but this time I was like, it's so ridiculous. Um, when they, when they, they get on holiday and they realise that Lisa's left all her stuff behind, and I was like, don't worry, Lisa, I left my trunks behind as well. But I improvise. <laughs> and he runs out with a welcome mat wrapped around. <laughs> you see the, the, the sirens straight away. Hello. <laughs> I forgot my swimsuit too. But I improvise. Hello. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> So it's brilliant. I get, I love this episode so much. One of my all-time favourites. And, um, you know, I talked about it a lot on um, my top four of all-time episode as well. But Summer of Four Foot Two. And I love it. This has got uh, Christina Ricci in it as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's Erin. Yeah. yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So, yeah, that's um, that's love a really it. good pick. Like, as I said, this is quite high up. It's It basically just missed my top uh, top four or five episodes, uh, just missed it. So um, I'm so glad that I knew it would be on your list, obviously, because it's on your all-time favourite episodes. So I knew we'd yeah. get to talk about it, but it just missed the cut for me, definitely. Mm. 
Yeah. So what did make the cut for you? <laughs> oh, this is so predictable. So my number two episode is A Fish Called Selma. Mm, I thought this would be on there somewhere. Yeah, this is this is um, one of my favorite episodes. Um, it wasn't on my all-time favorite episodes, but it just missed the cut. Yeah, Troy McClure, obviously, as you know, is one of my favorite characters. Selma's one of my favorite characters. So it's kind of a bit like Black Widow where... Selma marries another one of my favorite characters, so it's just like a mashup of like amazingness. This mm. is kind of like that Mark Two, because it's the same sort of storyline, but not if that makes sense. Because obviously, um, Sideshow Bob was in prison, so there's the whole like murder of Selma. But this episode is Troy McClure and his um his career and things like that. So yeah, I mean, I know we've spoken about it this. It really is like just the Troy episode. Yeah. And it's amazing that such a such an extreme side character gets his own episode but it's, at this point. I feel like because Phil Hartman is so amazing and his his voice acting mm. is just so incredible, it was I feel like they probably just said, do you know what, we want to do a Phil Hartman episode. It's either Troy McClure or it is um Lionel Hutz. Let's flip a coin and we'll go with it. It must have been that. And the other thing is I feel like that Hutz has been in it more than Troy McClure and had like interactions with the family yeah. more, but it was probably in- more interesting for them to say, well, let's have his other character that hasn't actually interacted with the family. Like you said it before, like yeah. it's the first he's o- he's only ever seen on TV until this point. Yeah, and um there's a couple of episodes that I did actually sort of pay attention to but there's a couple of episodes where he is drawn in the background but he's this Mm. is the first time that he proper interacts with other characters and he's not just on tv um so yeah i feel like if they were to have sort of said do you know what let's do lionel hutt slash um troy mcclaw i feel like if you kind of look at the two characters you can actually sort of because there's nothing known about this character there's a lot more you can go into and exactly, that's probably yeah. how they made that decision. Um, but I love the storyline. I just think it's hilarious that it's like a washed up actor. Um, mm. Obviously, this is like all, as far as I'm aware, this is sort of written and recorded in LA, isn't it? Is that right? Oh, I don't know where they were. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure they like record everything in LA. So I'm sure the writers and everyone is sort of used to these like washed up Hollywood actors that, Mm. (laughs) you know, this is probably a lot more reality than we think um, for the writers. Um, So yeah, I just, I just love this and I love the storyline. And obviously I love the the two main characters, Selma and um, Troy McClure. So yeah, it's just, it ticks all the boxes for me. Something I've noticed so far, so far with our picks is this season more than any other, so far, we've picked all our episodes based on the story, not the jokes. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, you've just hit the nail on the head. They're, exactly they're that. They're all really good, really well written, like storylines in this season. Um, yeah, all of our picks so far have been for the story. Yeah. So, um, and they've all got like they're all not hundred percent just like jokes no they've actually got a story that you like for the story not just to see what the next joke is and i think a lot i think 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like all the picks that we've had so far as well have had quite sad undertones to the storylines. Mm. All of yeah, them. Yeah. Kind of tragedy. In them. Yeah, because yeah. obviously this one is like, oh, like Selma gets married. Amazing. But then it's like, well, actually, she's only getting married because he wants to like up his career. So there's the sadness and there's like her sort of having to say, oh, do I stick with it and like keep this lifestyle or do I sort of drop it and, you know... And just tolerate the fact that her husband sleeps with the fishes. Hey, I thought you said Troy McClure was dead. No, what I said was he sleeps with the fishes. You see... Uh, Tony, please, no, I just ate a whole plate of dingamagoo. (laughs) Creeps me out so much. It's such a weird concept. I, I can't believe they got away with it because the it's so weird to me. Yeah. That this is what they went with? I mean, I think, I mean, listeners, if I'm completely wrong, then please correct me. But I think that this is kind of playing on the whole um, joke of Richard Gere and the hamster. Oh, the hamster, 100%. I think so, yeah. I think it's like a play on that, like a really, like really good Hollywood actor that then comes out that's kind of been a bit washed up that then comes out that they've got this like weird, thing about them well, that was just a ridiculous rumor it feels like it started in like one playground somewhere and got out of control and uh, i just like how the hell could you believe that but then again like i feel like with hollywood anything's believable because some weird yeah, yeah I- i'm not even gonna go there but yeah the fish thing always just knocked me sideways of how bizarre and out of left field it was <laughs> and this actually was a, an episode that i used to not really like that much yeah you said before and it's only grown on me in recent years and i feel like every time i watch it now i like it a little bit more um and this time i really liked it yeah i just love when whenever there's a selma episode where she gets married because it's just, she's just so desperate mm. and it's just like the lengths that she will go to just to find love <laughs> I um I also love Jeff Goldblum and I wish he had a bigger role yeah. than just like Troy's agent. M- MacArthur Parker, is that his name? I love the way he says his name. It's your agent, MacArthur Parker. <laughs> Paramount wants you for a buddy comedy with uh, Rob Lowe and Hugh Grant. Those sick freaks. Okay, then get this. I think they want you to play McBain's sidekick in Brace Yourself, the new McBain movie. McBain's sidekick, hot damn! I'm going to see where... I don't know if we've mentioned it before because I know that we've spoken about this a lot, but his uh, lines were actually really sped up. Mm. So, it, so it sounds like he's really talking really fast, but he recorded it and they just sped it up. Oh, really? Yeah. They probably had to, he can ramble on, and and so maybe they just had to speed it up he's, for time. He's quite good at like the improv type humor, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I think it's hard to get him to follow a script. I think the reasoning behind it was the fact that this was a really long episode and obviously mm. there's certain things that you can't cut because then the episode won't make sense. So I think... There's they, a lot that happens in it. Yeah, there's a lot of story. I think they chose to just like not cut him because obviously that would be a waste of time and money. But I think they just mm. chose to like speed speed up his lines. Yeah. So he recorded it and then they just digit, digitally like sped it all up. So one line that really makes me laugh in this is when Troy gets the phone call. He's like, it's my wedding night. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> oh, you're watching? Mac, you got to get me that part. I will, but you got to do something for me. Problem is the big parts these days are all going to family men. But I already got married. Yeah, but for a role like this, you got to pour it on. You and uh, a wife have got to have a baby. A baby, eh? What do I do? I'll send you over a pamphlet. 
And I like um, who's that leathery muppet? What? <laughs> what's a muppet? <laughs> <laughs> not quite a bob, not quite a puppet. Movie for a rained out ball game now returns to Diane Cannon, Troy McClure, and the Muppets in the 1977 film The Muppets Go Medieval. Oh, Princess Fair, wilt thou grant me thine dainty hoof in marriage? Oh, Sir Lancelot, I will. Hmm. Unhandy swine, you swain. Come, piggy, back to Hemelot. Not now, frog. Me and Iron Pants are just getting acquainted. Dad, what's a Muppet? Well, it's not quite a mop, and it's not quite a puppet, but man! (laughs) So to answer your question, I don't know. Harry! Why they make that one Muppet out of leather? That's not a leather Muppet, that's Troy McClure! I love the the Muppets from this episode. Yeah. Um, Muppets Go Medieval is so perfect, (laughs) and I really wish there was a real Muppets Go Medieval. It's so, like, believable. Just because of all yeah. the other sort of like little Muppet um, straight to straight to video like. Yeah. And when he's talking over it, like in the car and it's on the background, you can hear the like person doing the piggy impression. She's in the like, background, like, and you can't really hear what she's saying. It's really funny. <laughs> like behind uh, Selva's speech. I love that. No longer canst I conceal my love, my wimpled turtle dove. Oh, Princess Fair. Wilt thou grant me thine dainty hoof in marriage? Oh, Troy, I will. <laughs> and then when she smokes the cigar and she's like, whoa, it's like smoking three cigarettes at once. <laughs> oh, I'm all out. Here, try one of my cigars. It's like five cigarettes at once. Yeah, it is a really good episode, and it's definitely one that's grown on me over the years. And obviously it has the amazing segment that we've talked about multiple times now, the uh, Stop the Planet of the Apes. I oh, yeah. Off. I just, do you know what? I just, like, my mind went completely blank. I was like, what is he talking about? I couldn't remember what bit. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. And that's at that stage show, the section is actually quite long. They show quite a lot of it, like two yeah. different musical numbers and stuff. So that's probably why it ended up being so long as well. Yeah, probably. They probably could have cut like one of them rather than two of them, but I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but would you really want that? No. I want a whole episode of Doctor <laughs> exactly. Do- I want a whole episode of Dr. Zayas. <laughs> They've done a few sequel episodes in the later years, haven't they? They should do well, I was gonna say they should do one where it's the whole performance, but you haven't got Phil Hartman anymore, so Aww. I really wish I hadn't even thought of that impossibility. Now you've just made me really sad. Oh, <laughs> uh, I made myself sad before I even finished the sentence. You realised it was like the penny dropped. Yeah, because then I was just like, God, um, how many other awesome Troy episodes could we have uh, had? Oh, just, I can't, I can't even. I like, don't... This, is the, this is the start of what could have been like an amazing side character that was like in the show more than just like on the telly every now and then. Yeah. Oh, you've really bummed me out now. I'm really sorry because that's that's a real shame. We need to like pick the energy back up now. Yeah. What's a Muppet? <laughs> <laughs> I know that you, you, you're a big fan of the Muppets. Well, you're not a bit like... I, I love the Muppets. Yeah. yeah, I grew up watching the Muppets. The Muppet Christmas Carol is one of my favourite films Do of you know time. what? People always say to me, oh, like, what's your favourite Christmas film? And I And that is like my... It flip-flops between my one and two favourite Christmas films. and mm-hmm. um, Which is funny because my other favourite Christmas film is Jingle All The Way that has Phil Hartman in it. Mm. I don't think I've ever watched Jingle All The Way oh, in its I feel entirety. Like, I feel like you'd love it. 
Do you? Yeah. I like I like it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See, I love Arnie. Exactly. It's got um, yeah. Sinbad in it. Yeah, I've seen like it's one of the ones where I've seen bits. bits of it loads of times when yeah. it's been on telly. I think that's the same for a lot of Christmas films. Like, if you've asked me if I've ever actually sat and watched the Santa Claus all the way through, I don't know if I have, but I pretty much have the amount of times that's been on telly. To be fair, I don't actually think that I remember watching Jingle all the way when I was a kid. Like, I don't have any memories right. of watching it as a kid, but then people used to sort of like talk about it recently. So I only sort of saw it in the last like five five to ten years. Like That's yeah. surprising that you've only seen it in your adult life exactly. and it's jumped up to number one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It, it leapfrogged over Kermit. Yeah, just about. But A Muppet Christmas Carol was definitely up there with my favourite Christmas films. Brilliant. I, I always say it's not only my favourite Christmas film, it's actually one of my favourite films. I think it's Michael Caine's best performance. He's so like, <laughs> considering everyone around him is a Muppet, he's so genuine. Yeah. And when he's like, has to do the heartfelt scenes, you really feel it. And it's like, he's next to a fucking pig. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Do you know what? One of my favourite films as a kid was always a, a Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, brilliant. I watched that the other night, actually. With Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I watched it like... Again, Tim Curry putting in an absolute killer performance exactly. in a film surrounded by Muppets. Next to a fucking pig. <laughs> I really wish they did more of those. I want more literary adaptations. Yeah, I love literary ad- adaptations. Just with one famous actor. Yeah. Just- that's it. Oh, do you know what my absolute goal would be? The Great Gatsby, which is a literary adaptation there with the Muppets. Muppet Romeo and Juliet oh, with Kermit and Froggy. Stop it. <laughs> Kermit and Froggy. <laughs> Froggy. Kermit and Miss That's Piggy. Great. That's the slip of the tongue that I just love. Kermit and Froggy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Like you, you could just keep doing it, but no. Kermit and Froggy. Oh. What could have been? I love that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
so are we up to our number ones now? Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, we are. Okay. Well, you know what my number one is. Yep. I was like, do because I? And then I just like... This is... It's my favourite episode of all time. And when I, I always say it, I've said it since I was a kid, because when I was a kid, it was my favourite episode. And now I have such nostalgia for it, I still just say, this is my favourite episode of all time. Yeah. Which always surprises people. But I think it's... A lot of it is the nostalgia, plus it is just like good jokes. And I've always thought of it as my favourite episode. So I just say it is my favourite episode, even though there's probably episodes that... I actually do like more, but Bart on the Road, I love it. This is definitely my t- in my top 10 of favourite episodes of all time. Definitely in my top 10. I, I don't see this at the top of many people's lists. It's so weird how like these sorts of episodes, like this one in Summer of Four Foot Two, mm. that, as we've said, is very, very underrated, but are on both of our top lists. Like, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. This is one where... I think all the characters are really well written. Mm. I love, I always love um, Lisa and Homer stuff. And I love how sweet their friendship is in this. Yeah. When they're doing that, when she's telling him about Langdon Olga and he's like, I won't say that sort of thing. It's really sweet. Um, And when he's like calling up, uh, Marge doesn't have a lot to do. But then they sort of realise it and make a joke out of that, that she's yeah. bored and everyone's ignoring her. And it actually makes her character have a fun story. <laughs> the fact that she has no story. And I always love when she goes and like pokes Maggie to wake her up. And can I just say, as a mother to a baby, you would never, ever do that. Just because you're enjoying <laughs> the piece too much. You would never, ever do yeah. it. <laughs> um, like I said, I love episodes where there's like a group of kids together. And the, the the four they have are so funny, the interactions of each other. Martin and Nelson are just the best. We've said this. Just like, so good, aren't they? They are yeah. like iconic duo. <laughs> when when Martin's asking to come <laughs> along with them, it's like, we don't need you around nerding it up. And at least, uh, Milhouse is like, that job is taken. <laughs> Sassy Milhouse. <laughs> so proud to be like the nerd. Greetings, chums. Were your days at work as profitable as mine? I just had a sinful shopping spree at Wee World. Well, we're having the best spring break of our lives, and we don't need you around nerding it up. That job is taken. I love the bit as well when they, they're in um, the Andy Williams, and he goes, I didn't think they were going to do Moon River then. There it is, <laughs> second encore. Andy Williams. <laughs> uh, we didn't need to get that. Yes, we do. <laughs> place. Branson, Missouri. My dad says it's like Vegas, if it were run by Ned Flanders. Andy Williams! Oh, we don't need to stop here. Yes, we do! (laughs) My huckleberry friend Oh, it's really good. Um, I There's a delivery from Lisa. You know, we talk about little deliveries that get in our head, like the like part of my galoshes. Yeah. One of those. There's a little Lisa read in this, which gets stuck in my head, which is when Bart says, uh, you're what we call in the Latin a Dorcas. Malorcas. Malorcas. <laughs> she goes, that's not Latin. 
The National Grammar Rodeo? I wish I were going. Oh, wait, wait. I mean, I wish I was going. Is that right, Bart? Mm. It's not fair. I'm the best student in school. How come I never heard about this competition? Maybe because you are, as we say in Latin, a Dorcas Malorcus. That's not Latin. Her delivery of that's not Latin is so precise. I really like it. I don't know why, but I love the bit when she's like, I knew you were faking it because why would they have um, <laughs> why would they have our state's grammar oh, the rodeo national championships <laughs> in another state? Yeah, yeah in, another. in a different country. It's funny because when he says that earlier in the episode, you don't get how stupid that is. Yeah. And then when she says it, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> in Canada. Like, obviously, Bart made up this, like, ridiculous shit. That's <laughs> not even believable. And neither of his parents have picked that up either. No, no, exactly. I love... And Marge is so proud of him. <laughs> and when they're driving as well, and, like, um, Martin goes, so when are we going to go to the grammar rodeo? And then Nelson's like, what? <laughs> grammar believes. rodeo? And he's like, we're not going to the grammar rodeo. Grammar rodeo? We're going to a grammar rodeo? Oh, that's really good. There's Again, this season is so good with the little touches. Like I said about... Um, Bart looking at the dumpster and and Marge sweeping, like mopping up after Homer blows up the (laughs) the dishwasher. This has, when they all run for the train and they chuck their bags on. Yeah. And the train goes on. And then Nelson just keeps running (laughs) and they all stop. But he's just like keeps running in the background (laughs) way longer than the rest of them, which is just fine funny. It's like he's just that little bit stupider than the others that he just keeps going after even though it's done for. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's great. Just the little touches are so good. Do you know what bit I like? It's, 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 um, it could potentially be that as well, but I didn't really pick up on it till like a few years ago. But when they pick up the hitchhiker and he goes, well, I didn't think I was rehabilitated, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, I love that whole sequence as well. Can we stop for ice cream? <laughs> Can we get the car weighed? <laughs> Bart, can we stop for ice cream? Yes. Bart, can we weigh the car at that weigh station? Yeah. Bart, can we pick up that hitchhiker? I don't see why not. Bart, can we stop for ice cream? Yes. Well, I didn't think I was rehabilitated, but uh, I guess they needed the extra bed. I just love the idea. When I was a kid and I saw this episode, it was just like, wow, this is the most fun concept I can ever think of. Yeah. Because I was like Bart's age when this was out. So it was just like, can I imagine getting a car and driving across America with my three idiot friends and just like, let's weigh the car, let's get ice cream. Like the, the freedom just felt so outrageous and fun that I just loved the episode. As like a 30 something person watching this episode, you're like, oh, I can't think of anything worse than driving for 12 hours. <laughs> I actually really don't like driving. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I don't mind it in other countries. I liked driving around America when I was there, but yeah. I drive so much for work and stuff. I just hate driving. The funny thing is, like, this is this is a little unknown fact that not many people know about me. I actually took five driving tests. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I passed my... Th- just because you enjoyed them. <laughs> I passed my theory test first time, but I'm just not... At the time, I just wasn't a very co- confident driver. And it's mm. kind of a similar thing now, like... I drive and I've been driving for like over 10 years now. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay. But 
I just don't enjoy it. And the thing is, if I don't know the area that I'm driving to, or if I'm going somewhere new that I don't know, I'm like awful. I'm like really nervous. Oh, see, I have to drive in new places all the time. Yeah, no, I only, I drive from A to B and that's all I do. <laughs> so the thing is, yeah, like it's it's not a big deal, but at the time, like all my friends were passing first time. Oh, at time, the time yeah, it's the pressure, I was, yeah. I, I literally used to come home after every test and just bawl my eyes out for hours and hours and hours. My mum and dad were like, don't worry, let's just book a new one. And then, yeah. It's hard. Um, it's really hard for me to empathize in as I pass first time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's just, I feel like me and machinery of any type just don't go. I'm just not very. Uh... You are recording, right? <laughs> yeah. I press record. <laughs> the record button is going. But um, yeah, so mm. driving's not really a, a thing for me. But yeah, going back to this episode, like, I 100% know what you mean. Just the the freedom of going out with your friends, going yeah. on a road trip, um, sounds incredible. I've never actually been on a road trip, have you? Uh, it depends what your class as a road trip. Like just kind of like getting on a car and just being like, let's go, like really sort of spontaneous. Um, you must have done. You you strike me as someone who just as your I friend probably have. Yeah. I can't think of an exact example right now, but I probably have. I always imagined like just before I started driving, like oh, great, I've got the freedom of going out and driving now. Let's just get in a car and just go somewhere like... But then I never did. Tiss used to do it all the time. Yeah. We went camping one time and I woke up I wake up really early anyway. So it's like six o'clock, I get up and his tent had just gone. And there was like 10 of us camping in the middle of the woods and his tent had gone. And I was like, where's Tiss? <laughs> Abducted and by aliens. And then I rang him and he had like driven to the coast. Just randomly. Because he just woke up. He was like, I really fancy driving to the beach. And bearing in mind where we live is like the furthest from yeah, the like, sea in the entire country. I was just at the about time. to say you're like right dead smack in the middle, aren't you? Well, you were. It's, it's the furthest point yeah. from the sea in the country. <laughs> so he was just like, yeah, I was going to drive to the coast, waking up from camping at like five in the morning, and just getting in his car. He used to always do it. And he didn't like ask anyone else if they wanted to go. He just did it on his own. No, I think he. Yeah, I don't know. I, he's a he's an enigma. That man. I love it. I love that though. Like, I would love to just wake up and be like, do you know what? I'm going to the coast. Mm. I feel like my life yeah. is so structured that I, I've kind of lost that ability to just be spontaneous now. <laughs> I always just think, what's the point in going out? Yeah, wind up back home again. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> which isn't even from this episode. No, that that quote. I've been thinking though, about that line a lot because I relate to. it. I was just about to say that quote is so relatable at the moment, yeah. especially like being in lockdown and stuff. Like we can't actually go out or can't do anything. Yeah, it's, what's the point in going out? Because you can't actually go out. You exactly. To, you just drive home again. I think it's so like, it's so weird that obviously we've had this whole experience for a whole year of essentially being in lockdown for nearly a whole year. Mm. And like other people from other countries, obviously we've got other listeners from different parts of the world. They just probably don't even understand how like cabin fever we've got. Yeah, and we've got it better than some but yeah, worse de- than some yeah, it's definitely. kind of we're sort of somewhere in the middle I think in the grand scheme of things but um, yeah it's crazy right, anyway, we should get back yeah. on to the episode <laughs> uh, yeah Bart on the road it also has um, a real moment I love which is when Lisa has to tell Homer what actually happened <laughs> and he gets inside the and suit and he's like <laughs> yeah yes that's a real pickle <laughs> what's wrong honey there's something troubling me dad but I don't think I can tell you because it's a secret. Oh, you don't have to tell me, but I thought we trusted each other with our secrets now. I mean, I haven't told a soul about your new boyfriend. Langdon Alger? 
Well, I don't like him anymore. Okay, but you gotta promise you won't get mad or tell anyone, especially Bart. I promise. Bart rented a car with a phony driver's license and drove Millhouse, Nelson, and Martin to a wig outlet in Knoxville, and the car got crushed, and they're out of money, and they can't get home, and Bart's working as a courier and just came back from Hong Kong. Yes, that's a real pickle. Would you excuse me for a moment? All right, I have thought this through. I will send Bart the money to fly home. Then I will murder him. No, no, then he'll know I told. It's like when he stands on the nail. Yeah. Fiddle dee dee. <laughs> it's that same Homer. <laughs> and um, this is like, even though it's, it's very sparse, it's very good Skinner as well when he thinks that he was, no, Bart's, oh, no, yeah. Bart's never been to China. <laughs> Because it starts with Skinner, yeah. like it starts with him like booking his trip to Hong Kong to buy cheap seats. <laughs> well, in this era, even though that starts completely randomly with that, the things, the what I like about this era is the whole episodes hang together. Yeah, it's very like the that continuity, leads into isn't something it? which leads into something. Yeah. I, what people don't like and what I don't like when you get to series eleven and onwards, a lot of the time the first sort of five minutes is just something completely different it's like three different episodes isn't it like the yeah f- the three... and they don't even try to link them together no and then at the end i think i think there's an episode where it actually makes a joke of um how did that even link to the beginning like how did we yeah. get here kind of situation yeah but um yeah th- this one does it well it all hangs together and that's my number one yay so emma what is your number one Season this seven. is either favorite gonna, episode. Uh, this isn't going to be predictable to the listeners because we actually haven't discussed this yet. But it might be a bit predictable to you, Bob, because I know we've spoken about it. But my favorite episode, and this is actually, I think, the first time that one of these has been mentioned in our lists. But my top number one episode of this season is Treehouse Six. <gasps> Oh, I wondered. <laughs> I was like, what episode? What is she talking about? I was sort of like, there's loads of different ones I was thinking. I don't actually oh. think a treehouse has been mentioned. Actually, um, you might have mentioned a treehouse, actually. I mentioned treehouse four, four. Which is your favourite. my yeah. favourite treehouse. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that in my op- of all time episodes. Though. Oh, okay. Yep. So this yeah. is my favourite treehouse of mm. episode. And I know that... We've got this planned as uh, a side episode. Um, So I'll try not to talk too much about it as much as I probably will on the next episode um, when we eventually get round to it. But um, yeah, so this is... It's really interesting to me the preferences that people have for Treehouse episodes. Yeah, because they're so different. Because this is like... this is oh yeah actually no I I was thinking of a different one I do like this Treehouse one quite a lot actually. This Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is um, my favourite Treehouse full time and it's like the Shining, um, sorry, not the Shining episode, the one where Homer goes into the 3D world. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the one with the giant um, statues, you know, that come alive. Yeah. Um, And this is the, um, uh, not Treehouse, what's it? It's the Nightmare on Elm Street Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. I was like, what is the other one? Yeah, Nightmare, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is my favourite. And to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you now. Like, I do like the other two segments, but my favourite segment is the, the 3D Homer one. Homer Cubed. It's got to be. Like, Homer Cubed is 
it's 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 exciting at the time. Like I said, there were so many episodes in this season that when you watch it the first time are exciting. Yeah. That was. And aside from that, it's a really funny and good Treehouse of Horror segment anyway. Yeah. Like I remember watching this for the first time and like the bit where he falls through the black hole and he starts walking just down yeah. the street and I, my like my mind was blown. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was it. just like, how the hell did they do that? Because obviously, like, a lot of um, animations come really, really far in such a short space of time. And I think that when we see something as amazing, we're almost sort of desensitized to it and we're not as blown mm. away anymore. But obviously, because that was quite revolutionary for the time, I think my mind was, like, totally blown. I was like, whoa. You had to be there. What the hell? Um I think I actually really still like the way it looks. Yeah. I don't know if it's nostalgia. No, I think it holds up pretty well, to be honest. Definitely. Simpsons can look weird in 3D, but I like the way they look in this. It might be because it's Treehouse of Horror, so it's okay for everyone to look a bit weird. I like it as well when like, Homer turns around and he's like, but my butt sticks out way out here. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like basically just like a circle. <laughs> this place looks expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this place looks expensive. I feel like I'm wasting a fortune just standing here. Better make the most of it. Uh. It's really good. It's a really good segment. And I forgot how good it was. And I was just like, wow, oh, this is brilliant. I love the line as well. Ooh, unprocessed fish sticks. Because the fish are going around <laughs> in the little pool. I don't know if you ever played uh, the video game or the PC game Mist back in the day i know of it but i'd never played it but the 3d world he goes into it really it feels like they intentionally looks like mist like it has like a weird building in the background which looks almost like an old library yeah which is like the main building from that video game and that was a one of the most popular video uh, like computer games of all time when it came out um it got people who don't normally play games to play it because you were just stranded on a on an island and had to sort of explore and and find out what was going on and stuff and some of the assets in the 3d world he goes into really look like they remind me of mist and even the music it all reminds me of mist a little bit i like the bit as well when um when they're sort of all going has anyone seen the movie tron and everyone's like no no (laughs) no no and then wickham's like yes i mean no can you tell us what it's like in there? Um, it's like, uh, did anyone see the movie Tron? No. 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 Yes. I mean, I mean, no. No. It's like mist assets got put inside Tron is what the 3D world looks like. I love, so I'd never seen Tron. And then, you know, a few, about like 10, 15 years ago, um, the Tron film got re like remade. It was like a second. It wasn't a remake oh, of it, did, but it was like the they second. Did the sequel. The sequel, yeah. yeah. Um, I went to see that. It's about ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I went to see that at the cinema, and I absolutely loved that film. I actually really like the sequel. Yeah. It gets really trashed, and I like no, it. No, I really like it, and I like Daft Punk as well. And obviously, they do the whole the soundtrack's soundtrack. awesome. Yeah, and Ben um, is is really into like film soundtracks and he actually downloaded um, the whole soundtrack. And I remember like going somewhere on like a really long drive and listening to just like the music of Tron Mm. and it was so good. I used to listen to that soundtrack quite a bit. I listen to um, film soundtracks if I've got to work. I can't listen to music with words. 
So I listen to film scores if I've got to like concentrate on some writing or yeah, something. Yeah, Ben is exactly the same. And that was like, one of my go-tos. He, he yeah. loves films, uh, film scores. And so he would listen mm. to that quite a lot whenever we'd go driving or if he was doing like DIY or something. So I really like that. But um, I didn't really get the joke of the whole Tron thing because I hadn't seen the original. But then when I saw right. the sequel, I was like, I've seen, I've mm. seen the original now, but like... At the time, I hadn't, but then now I've seen Tron. It, that that whole joke missed me, but now mm. I find it really funny. And also, when Tron came out, it was like the biggest flop. They really tried hard to push it, and like people, no one see it. Um, so that's why everyone's just like, no. <laughs> everyone remembers it now, and it's fondly remembered now. But at the time, it was a huge flop. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's really funny. I like the idea that Ned's a hero because he's got a ladder as well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I love? And I, I just wanted to mention it a little bit. So um, I don't know if people know, I think it's quite a well-known fact, but all like the equations and stuff that are in that um, that world, um, right. they're, they're all accurate. They're all like really scientific. Um, the that equations makes sense because like they got on. all the boffins that went on to Futurama well, yeah. on the team at The Simpsons at the moment, Yeah, they? David Merkin, I think, is um, quite... Like was David Cohen on with him at the moment? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but he's, he's the, the one real... that does Futurama, isn't he? David X Cohen. Yeah, yeah, he started on Simpsons. He was David S Cohen on Simpsons. David X Cohen when he went over yeah. to Futurama. He's like the ultra nerd yeah. who's like the real mathy guy. If there's math jokes, he's put him well, in normally. There's a, but I don't think he's on the Simpsons. There's yet. actually a book that I read a few years ago by. Um, I'll recommend it. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's by um, an author called Simon Singh. And the book's mm-hmm. called uh, The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets. Oh, and right. it's all like, all to do with sort of like all the maths jokes that are mentioned in The Simpsons. And then he then goes into like the maths and like he explains it all, but in terms mm. that any normal person could understand it and what the significance of the episode is. And it's actually a really, really good book. So if obviously this is your cup of tea, then I highly recommend it because it is a really good book. And that's coming from me, who is not that great at maths as well. So, I was going to say, do you have yeah. an affinity for maths like you do for history? No, um, no so no, no. maths is like my weakness out of any right. subject. Um, I mean, I got a really good grade at school, but um, it was only because they basically said to me, if you want to get at least a C grade, uh, which is just like the average grade that we have here in the UK. I mean, it's not even A to Cs anymore, is it? But um, It's numbers, I don't know yeah, what they mean. No, I don't either. But my teacher basically said to me, if you want, a passing grade in your GCSEs then you have to get a tutor so I had a tutor and I worked really really hard Um, but yeah no I I, I love the book and um, I I love how geeky the Simpsons are like equations like it just like makes my mind blow like I think it's fascinating I just just don't understand it personally yeah like I say um, Futurama's really if you're a maths nerd Futurama has just got like hidden math jokes in every episode and that's basically what this book is it's like there are some yeah. like hidden maths jokes this is obviously like, digging through the simpsons yeah this is obviously pre-futurama mm. but this book just like explains it and like explains everything behind it so yeah like check it out if you like that kind of thing so i do have a pink dot line in homer cubed okay <laughs> uh frink is explaining what's going on uh, here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa, slow down, egghead. Classic Wiggum. Yeah, Wiggum again. 
Well, where's my dad? Well, it should be obvious to even the most dim-witted individual who holds an advanced degree in hyperbolic topology that Homer Simpson has stumbled into the third dimension. Sorry. Here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa, slow down, egghead. But suppose we extend the square beyond the two dimensions of our universe along the hypothetical z-axis there. <gasps> this forms a three-dimensional object known as a cube or a frinkahedron in honor of its discoverer. Hey, hey. Oh, I love Wiggum. You make me love Wiggum more than like I've re- realised beforehand, definitely. It was my main reason for starting the podcast, to get everyone to understand how good Wiggum is. <laughs> but we haven't even spoken about the other two segments. But Yeah, so let's I talk mean, about the other two. I mean, they, they're good. I really enjoy them. They are, yeah. but obviously Homer Cubed is, is the standout for me. I really liked... Um, the the line in the first one i can't even remember what the two segments are called but like the one with attack of the 50 foot eyesores yep so the line where um lisa is just introducing paul anchor and she goes if you are suffering from monstritis (laughs) (laughs) then check out mr paul anchor i love it just don't look just don't look yeah that's brilliant To stop those monsters, one, two, three. Here's a fresh new way that's trouble-free. It's got Paul Anka's guarantee. Guarantee void in Tennessee. Just don't look, just don't look. Just don't look, just don't look. This is a treehouse where, like, all three segments are, like, good. There's not yeah. really, like, one that I'm like, oh, I don't like that one. Yeah, no, Which I agree. Which happens quite a lot. This one, like, they're all they're all good. And then Homer Cubed is just, like, Up there. exceptional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I feel like, because obviously we're, we're going to get around to doing a treehouse, I feel like we could go mm. into go into this and then the other treehouse is a lot more then. Yeah. 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 But um, obviously, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace has the lousy smart weather, which I always forget is from a Treehouse of Horror because that line is so used all the time. I actually posted it on Instagram the other day, didn't oh, I? Oh, did you? March 1st. I, must, yeah. I probably saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, whenever March comes around, I see it around the internet. Yes. And I'm like, I forget that's from a Treehouse episode. So March 1st, um, yeah, I, I posted mm. like lousy smart weather because I think it was actually like really bad weather here. Yeah, it was. So I posted it. What I actually love about that episode, that segment though, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, is it's Maggie that saves the day, yeah. <laughs> which so rarely happens that Maggie has like a very important point to a plot. But yeah, she's the one who like saves them. <laughs> Do not touch Willie. Good advice. We were there to discuss the misprinted calendars the school had purchased. <laughs> oh, lousy smart weather. <laughs> Do not touch Willie. Good advice. <laughs> Brilliant. That's really good. Right. Okay. So brilliant. Yeah. Treehouse of Horror. I was, I just completely, I'm like, you surprised me with that one. I just think we haven't really spoken about much Treehouse up until this point. I know we've mentioned it Mm. every now and again, but um, I think the, uh, to be honest, it isn't the best episode of the season, but because it's my favorite Treehouse, I kind of had to give it a slight spotlight. It's Bart on the Road for me. It's yeah. it's probably not it's not the best episode in the season, but for me, yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. 
So, we'll talk about our plus ones then. I wonder if our plus one's the same. I've got... I've, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, go on then. You can reveal yours. Well, have you got have you got one that is like your dead cert plus one then? Mm, yes and no, I think. I'm just looking at my list. Yeah, no. So, it was between this and another one. Yeah, I'm just looking what mine is. And when I was looking at my list earlier, just to kind of refresh my memory, I was looking and I was I was I'm an anarium whether or not to switch it up, but I've stuck with it just because I'm going with my gut. But it's definitely between this and one other one. Do you want me to do mine and then if I you go yeah. first? I've got five that I've got to choose between here. <laughs> okay, so I'll do mine. Just I did have six until you picked Hellfish. <laughs> I'll do mine because then if. Mine is on it your list. It probably is on my little eliminate yeah. one. It'll make it easier. Yeah, it'll make the decision. <laughs> my plus ones, I always find it's hard to pick. But yeah, go on then. See, I always, we do it differently. So I always pick mine like quite early on when I'm watching the episodes, whereas I know you do mm. yours on the night. <laughs> so mm. definitely different. Well, I, I do the whole list as I'm watching them. Yeah. But if I think there's a reason that one could be a plus one, I put a marker next to it. And then at the end, I sort of weigh up those. And it also, in case you already say one, I've got some backups. Yeah. See, I do mine completely differently. So when I'm about to start a season, so I'm just about to start watching season eight, what I'll do is I'll look at all the episodes. I'll make my list of one to like 25. And then as I'm watching them, if I feel like I like it a lot more, I'll like, yeah, I'll bump it up. But I actually do my Mm. list at the beginning and then I change it. And then obviously, if it's been ages since we've done my list when we come to recording i'll look at my list and i'm like oh actually i'll I'll switch it around a little bit but this this list i've kept exactly how it is tonight so okay so my one all right do your plus one i think i know what it's gonna be because it feels like the obvious one to be a plus one yeah so my one more is who shot mr burns part two it's not it's not what I thought you were gonna say. So brilliant. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so the reason why I picked this as my plus one is um so obviously who shot Mr. Burns plus um sorry, part one, sorry, is my favourite episode of the last season. Um I actually thought this was gonna be your number one of this season. Yeah, no, the reason why I picked it as my plus one is because I've I mentioned last time that I actually feel like this is one episode and I hate splitting right. it up so I don't feel like I could pick it as my f- number one choice because I feel like this is last season if that makes yeah, sense yeah it is like a holdover yeah I'm a bit like it feel, yeah it hasn't really got started yet you're still just resolute resolving last season yeah I kind of yeah so I always kind of just bunch them up as one episode and that was the reason why I picked it as my one more just purely because I was like I feel like this is just last episode at uh, last mm-hmm. season sorry um I mean I could talk about this till the cows come home so i won't go too much detail because obviously last season i spoke about it quite a lot um it just wraps everything up it in a neat little package <laughs> <laughs> i think this is the funnier half though yeah i definitely. think i prefer part one because the story's so good but the jokes in part two are so funny yeah um no i totally agree with you as well like the jokes this is very um the jokes are better in this episode than in uh, episode one and what an amazing way to start the season, just like you've been waiting all that time and then it cracks in like, Speedway, in colour! It's burn rubber, baby! Sir, you weren't shot. <sighs> it was all a dream. It's right. 
The year is 1965, and you and I are undercover detectives on the hot rod circuit. Now let's burn rubber, baby! Speedway Squad, in color! Wait, that was all a dream. Uh, I love it. And then um, I like the bit where Burns comes out of the shower. He's like, you weren't shut. He's like, au contraire. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I love that. And Grandpa's amazing in this as well. Yeah. In this episode. Uh, we said it last time, but like, uh, you're the bee's knees, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I want you so bad. <laughs> and then she's like, were you talking to you me? Talking and he's like, he's like, <laughs> that's really funny uh, he also does the yeah Smingers did it case closed <laughs> now where's my hat I'll go to the outhouse and then my he tool goes, shed <laughs> I didn't get that until like me neither really recently. and when I was older and got it I laughed so hard the police already have a suspect it's Mr. Smithers Sure. Oh, oh yeah, he's, he's a good suspect. Oh, yeah, I bet he's the one. Yes, Mingers did it. Case closed. Now, where's my hat? I'm going to the outhouse. We don't have an outhouse. <gasps> my tool shed! Oh, Dad. And then the next scene is him spraying out the outhouse. <laughs> That's what, like, the penny dropped for me was when he was, like, spraying yeah. out the outhouse, uh, the tool shed. And also, it's yeah. like, um, when they're like, we're going to go and knock down Burns' sundown. And he's like, thank God, I'm, I've headed up to here with these damn rickets. I didn't realize rickets was like a disease. Like, I thought he had something in his legs, like a tool <laughs> <Right>. or something. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, it's bizarre. It's really wacky, this, this half. It's so crazy. Yeah, I, I, um, I always found it a bit, like, embarrassing that in the Senor Burns song, the guy's putting money in the condom machine. Yeah. The condoms <laughs> and then are it comes out. out, yeah. And then yeah. there's got the whole, um, Senor Burns. Mm, which is a great, yeah. great song. Yeah, because you've got um, the guest star. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Tito Puente. Oh, that's it, Tito Puente, yeah. Yeah. But why wound his body with bullets when I could set his soul afire with a slanderous mumble? Listen, if you will, to my revenge. Uno, dos, tres. Wounds won't last long, but an insulting song Burns will always carry with him. So I settle my score on the Sahasa floor with this vengeful Latin rhythm. And then it's got it's got yeah. the bit um, it's got really good Willy content when he's like, um, I can't. You, you always get I'm, more of his Willy content when he's got his coat on. <laughs> he's like, I've warned you about that. No, and he's like, um, I may have shot Mr. Burns. It's like I've like got something in my index finger, and he's like doing Space Raiders, and he's video like, Yeah, games? that was a pretty addictive video game. He's like, video game. I'm telling you. I could never have shot Burns! Ah. This is your last warning about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's impossible for me to fire a pistol. If you'll check my medical records, you'll see I have a crippling arthritis in my index fingers. Look at them! I got it from Space Invaders in 1977. Oh, yeah, that was a pretty addictive video game. Video game? The uh, whole section where they're like... I always talk about like things where you've got like a set piece. So we talked about the one with the PTA disbands and you're going through all the different teachers. Yeah. And the bit with the adult education said it would be going through all the different people teaching there. I love when they're going through all the different witnesses or like yeah. the different uh, suspects and they're questioning and you just get like, they're all so funny. I like the bit of Willie, the bit with Skinner. And <laughs> now, now let... Let me think. <laughs> so boring, so boring. So long, it's so slow. Hmm. No. No, let... Let me... Let me think. How? Now, I did... I did go to the town meeting with the intention of ambushing Mr. Burns. When it adjourned, I rushed to the lavatory to apply my camouflage makeup. Blast! I took Mother's makeup kit by mistake. Oh, uh, excuse me, ma'am. <gasps> Superintendent Chalmers! This episode's got one of my favourite crossovers as well with the whole um, Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah, when it's oh like, my God, I love it. Have you seen Twin Peaks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Twin Peaks. So it, it was um, something that I fangirled over in my early 20s. Like, I feel like everyone goes through that phase of like watching like an old cult like season or, or film or being obsessed with I it. I never and, watched The Revival, which was apparently awesome. Yeah, so I did watch The Revival when it came I out. I want to re-watch Twin Peaks again before I watch The Revival. Yeah, but it's just so, finding the time to do it. Yeah, see, I've got Twin Peaks on DVD and I... Mm-hmm. Um, I like watched it loads in my early twenties. And I think Mm. part of the charm of it was because I obviously got the references from the Simpsons as well. Like obviously Twin Peaks came out in like 1990, 1991, which is when I was born. So obviously I didn't see it the first time around. Um, but, yeah, it was, it's like a cult, isn't it? Like, cult classic. Mm. It's like, oh, I'm so dark and mysterious because I like Twin Peaks. Like, that was very much me in my 20s. Like, oh, I'm so, this like, alternative. Burns better. <laughs> Burns is sued. Burns is sued. <laughs> Look at Burns is sued. <laughs> I'm not following you. Burns is huge. Burns is huge. Huh? Look at Burns is huge. Ha ha ha! I had an idea, Chief. How do we check out that suit Burns was wearing when he got shot? Did you have the same backwards talking dream with the flaming cards? I'll drive. My favorite of the sections <laughs> where they're questioning the suspects is the bit that has the pink dot for this episode, which is the uh, dinner with Fred, dinner alone, watching TV alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> which is actually the um, quote that's used in one of my favorite Dankmas remixes. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you struck uh, down the street to? <laughs> Yeah, I can't hear that line now without imagining the Dankmas beat underneath it, like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner with Fred. 
dinner alone. Like it's when I think of that line, Watching it's in TV the beat. Alone. I mean, all right, like it just is in my head. <laughs> Outro music. Yeah, I think we got it sorted there. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> I don't deserve this kind of shoddy treatment. <laughs> and then it's like. <laughs> Uh, Do you hold a grudge against Montgomery Burns? No. All right, maybe I did, but I didn't shoot him. Checks out. Okay, sir, you're free to go. Good, because I got a hot date tonight. Odd date. Dinner with Fred. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. I'm going to sit at home and ogle the ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog. See his catalog. Now, would you unhook this already, please? I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. Yeah, I love so, it. So yeah, I think this is really funny. This is the funnier half. The story's better in the first half. This yeah. has a fine like ending, but the jokes are better in this half. Yeah. But it really is like one. Like it's very funny. It's genuinely good. Yeah. Like as a mystery. It makes it. me laugh as well. It's like Marge has the has the line about um I took everything that came with it, including your father's DNA. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa's like, all right, mum. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's that simple Marge again, which they just nail in this series. I love it. Okay, so that leaves my plus one to be the obvious choice for a plus one, which is 22 short yeah. films about Springfield. So this was going to be... So it was a toss-up between this and the 22 short films because this... Oh, my God, this episode. Oh, so good. So, so good. This is a really weird one for me because... I, it's one of them ones we talked about, like some episodes you saw a lot as a, as a kid and some you didn't. Mm. And this one, I always remember seeing like the one time and just thinking, what, this is really weird. Mm. Like I almost couldn't understand the concept of it. Yeah. And then it was years before I saw it again. And it always had this weird memory. Like I was like, did I imagine that episode or was I conflating little bits from different episodes? Yeah, I know exactly like, what you mean. In my brain, I was like, was I thinking of different side stories from individual episodes or was that actually just one episode of side stories yeah and i couldn't remember and i couldn't just click on the internet to find out so i have a weird relationship to this one and actually i think the concept's awesome yeah but it's only like midway down the middle down the middle of the season for me yeah i'm exactly the same let me have a look what number this is for me um it's basically smack bang in the middle for me oh so this is uh this is eight for me so okay. it's, it's a bit higher. Yeah, a little bit higher. Um, I read some like really interesting stuff about this episode though, because it really intrigued me, like where they came up with the ideas and things like that. And um, basically, what happened was they they knew that they wanted twenty two different writers or like a, a big number of writers for this. So they basically mm. said like, okay, write your top three um, characters down. And we'll pick it out of a hat who's writing a segment about what character, right. which I think is like a really cool idea. So obviously at the time you don't know who you're getting. Um, and then obviously like sitting around, who am I getting? Who am I getting? And yeah, but it's funny because there's, um, there's some segments in this that I really, really like, like the whole steamed hams thing. But then there's other segments. Obviously steamed hams is like the famous obviously. one. Obviously. But then there's other segments like the Lisa getting bubblegum in her hair. Like I don't like that. So it's it's very like. And I don't really understand what qualifies as one of the 22 films. Because when I watched it, I actually wrote down I was just about to say, like, one. I've never done that. Like how many calculates I, I counted it as 15. Oh, okay. But then I'm like, oh, are they counting each time? Because the Lisa with the gum in her hair, we revisit like three times. Yeah. 
Like she gets it in her hair, then she goes to the barbers, and then uh, finally, and in the between, they're all trying to put mayonnaise and stuff in her hair. Like, that is that three short films, or is that I don't know one? Because I counted that as one. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. Because I literally just I had the page up like not long ago. So let me see if I can find it. When Lisa does get a haircut, it's really just disturbing that she has that like flesh color underneath it. Oh yeah, it's weird, isn't I it? I don't quite understand. Uh, so it says concept originated from the end segment of season four, the front. Oh, it's the Ned. Yeah. Everyone, everyone loves Ned Flanders. Yeah, because I read that basically what they wanted to do is they wanted to do a whole spin-off, like completely yes, different. This is almost yeah. like the pilot for a show mm. they wanted to do called Springfield. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it was just talking about that. Um, okay, so Oakley wrote the Superintendent Chalmers story. Weinstein did comic book guy Millhouse scene. David Cohen penned Reverend Lovejoy. Oh, see, that's the thing, right? So the whole Millhouse thing as well, that's multiple parts. So I counted that as one story. I just wrote, because oh, I had to, I, yeah. in my notes, I so I've written, Millhouse needs a piss. <laughs> <laughs> is the name of the story yeah but that also goes into like Herman's shop and I, so I counted that as like the same story but they're yeah. saying that's two different stories even though it sort of continues so, in which case there probably is 22 so I knew this already but I, I'll just say it for people that don't so you know the bumblebee man bit yeah that was written by someone called Rachel Polido sorry if I like right. butchered that Um, she is Bill Oakley's wife. Oh. And she's like Spanish Spanish heritage. So all the Bumblebee Man stuff, like, and the Bumblebee Man's wife. That makes sense. She like wrote that because obviously, like, as I said, like, she she's Hispanic. Uh, it says she was the only Hispanic staff writer in the 20 year history of The Simpsons. She has said that she thinks that she thinks of herself as Mexican. Um, and obviously, like, she wrote that. And she actually, I think. Don't quote me on this, but I think she fully, completely wrote the grade school confidential episode as well. I think she's. Def- I was going to say she's definitely written at least one other one episode in full. It might be that one. I know she's done one. I didn't know which one it was. Yeah, and she um, is also ex Harvard as well. Oh, so yeah, same as mm-hmm. same as everyone else. But um, so she wrote the Bumblebee Man stuff. Um, so yeah, there's like loads of stuff here. So obviously, just check out the Wikipedia page if you want to know more. But um, yeah, I just I love this, and as I said, like I really like certain segments, and I really don't like other segments, which mm. which is kind of what's a bit weird for me. I think. Yeah, it is a bizarre. I think if they did the show Springfield, it wasn't going to be like every episode was like this. It was going to be like one episode about. Yeah, you know, an episode about like a Millhouse divided is kind of an episode until like the Simpsons get involved in that plot. Mm. But when it's just about the Van Houtens, that's almost like what yeah um, the show Springfield would have been like. That's next season, isn't it? That's next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the sort of tone it would have gone for. Like, take a side character and give them an episode, and then it's a different different character next week and a different. I really like that idea. I would like to have seen them do at least like one concept season of it. Yeah, one season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But there's there's fun stuff in this, but it is more like a gimmick episode. Like it's not. I know for some people this is like oh greatest episode ever, but I like the gimmick of it more than I actually like the episode. Is there a segment on here that you like, particularly in a segment that you don't like? Um, I well, obviously, steamed hams is amazing. 
Yeah. I do like the bit with um, the tall man in the small car. <laughs> do you find something comical about my appearance when I'm driving my automobile? Yeah. Everyone needs to drive a vehicle, even the very tall. This was the largest auto that I could afford. Should I, therefore, be made the subject of fun? I guess so. Would you like it if I laughed at your misfortune? Huh? Maybe we should find out. <clears throat> now, march. Hey, everybody, look at this. It's that boy who laughs at everyone. Let's laugh at him. <laughs> Wave to the people. Blow them kisses. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, I don't know if there's any that I just really don't like. Donuts. I got donuts. I got, hey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like the whole Pulp Fiction stuff's amazing as well. We spoke about that yeah. in the uh, movie parodies episode. It's very good wiggum, isn't it, in this episode? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, there's nothing that I really don't like, but like there's there's a, only a few that are like really great. Mm. Um, it has its moments, but it's just a mixed bag. It's yeah. just a real like nothing. I think it's because the season itself has, we talked about the stories are so good in this season, like, not just the jokes. And this isn't really got a story, so it's lacking that. Yeah. Hey, Branding! <laughs> <laughs> the songs are good. The, the, the cleaners, the slack, your The actual songs are really good. Some vocal memories good, but then again, some vocal like cleaners, the slack, jaw, Hey, what's going on on this side? I mean, are you sick of steamed ham, steamed hams um, memes, or are you still enjoying them? Because they're still going somehow. Yeah, I know. Every um, time I think they're dead, a new one appears. I'm a little bit sick of them, but they're brilliant. Like, ugh, I don't know. These were going on like three. These were going on for like three years now. Yeah. When I was in Vienna, there were steamed hams memes going on. It's like me and Ben just quote steamed hams because it's like one of the biggest memes of, of the internet, let alone of yeah. Simpsons memes. Do you know what I mean? I feel like because I still quote it, I can't exactly say that I'm sick of it because I'm still quoting it myself. Do you know what I mean? It's almost weird when I watched it in context of this episode. I was like, oh, steamed hams. I've seen this section a million times on the internet. <laughs> Do you have a favourite um, version of steamed hams? Um, I can't, I can't really think of like any particular meme off the top of my head. If you got one, it might like the, the one I really like is um they did they remixed it with Feel Good Ink by Gorillaz. Oh my god! And that's, no. do you know that one? Oh, it's yeah. so good. Steamed hams, like it's so good. <laughs> oh no! Steamed clams, melting steamed hams. Oh, 
funny thing is as well right so this this is just a like a little thing that really makes me giggle nearly on a daily basis so my son is obsessed with steam trains and right. when i just steam need trains when i need <laughs> just like five ten minutes to do anything i'm like okay just just watch mummy's phone for five minutes while i get dressed or just watch mummy's phone for five minutes while i do something and he's always like mummy i watch steam trains so i'll, I'll get youtube up I'll type steam trains in and it the first thing that comes up when you put S T E A <laughs> is steam tams and it just makes me laugh every time. Yeah, it's great. Because steam trains isn't even the first thing that comes up. No, I think steam tams has to be one of the most viewed things on the entire internet. It it has to be. Right, so I've just Googled Steam Tams memes. I'm just seeing if there's anything like it's up. always just like they're still doing them in such weird ways like i watch cause it's always steamed hams but like i saw one recently which was like steamed hams but entirely read by jeff goldblum <laughs> and in the middle of an interview of jeff goldblum they just gave him the script to steamed hams and he read it and he was like what is that by the way and they're like oh it's a thing from an old simpsons episode he's like all oh, right great <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny and it's like so i know i've spoken about like how much i fangirl of um berkeley on uh, Twitter, but he says on Twitter that the one of the highlights of his whole career is that meme. Is like just basically mm. coming up with that segment. It's a weird for a meme because it's the whole segment is like not super short. Like yeah. a meme is normally like snap, but it's like every time you're going to sit and watch a steamed hams meme, you got to put a couple of minutes. Aside. And the thing is, as well, like it makes me laugh because it's like. Apart from like when it became like this massive meme, it was funny and this, I loved the segment. Like I've always loved it, but it's not hilarious unless you know about the memes. If that makes sense, it's the deliveries that are so weird. <laughs> like, yeah, I say to Ben sometimes, <laughs> "You're an odd fellow, but you steam a good ham." <laughs> <laughs> well, Seymour, yeah, like, the relationship between Seymour and uh, and Chalmers yeah. is really good. I do love it. Yeah, I love that. So there we go. That's my plus one. The obvious choice. It had to yeah. be 22 short films. Have you got a section in this that you're particularly fond of, by the way? Um, oh, there's just there's just so many that I like. Obviously, Steam Tams is one of them. Um, name me some of them and I'll tell you like, off the top of my head. Um, so I've got... I'll, I'll tell you the ones I've written down, a separate story. So you've got Apu the Jolly Bengali. <laughs> I love that one, actually. Thinking about it, I love that, <laughs> that one. That is a good one. We're going to party like it's on sale for 19 It's like, <laughs> you took three minutes of my life and I want them back. Oh, I'll probably <laughs> waste them anyway. <laughs> so there's Lisa's hair with the bubble gum. Yeah. Uh, Smithers beasting. Um, Dr. Nick Riviera and Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa's <laughs> freaking out of the hospital. I'm edgy. I got ants in my pants. I'm discombobulated. Barney paying off his bar tab. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he gets it calculated by NASA. <laughs> Uh, steamed hams uh, Homer getting Maggie stuck in the paper box <laughs> uh, Wiggum and the, the cops at the Krusty Burger talking about McDonald's Bumblebee Man's Divorce section that we spoke about mm-hmm. um, Herman Shop, the Pulp Fiction section uh, Lovejoy's Dog when he's taking a dump on Ned's lawn <laughs> <laughs> 
Cletus the Slackjaw Jokel, uh, Millhouse needs a piss at the Andros Dungeon, uh, the tall man in the small car, and the tomfoolery of Professor Frink. Make you laugh and make you think. <laughs> I think um, the Apu stuff at the beginning is like one of the my Apu, favorite. The yeah, very first one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. And he's like, no time to like cook these. They'll plump in my stomach. <laughs> oh, yeah. He comes out his like shirts on backwards. He falls in the pool. <laughs> for the next five minutes, I'm going to party like it's on sale for 19 Quick, quick. Not time to cook them. They will plump in my stomach. Right, yeah, so that that is a good one. Yeah. But it's a real fun fun mix and it had to be mentioned. Yeah. But, uh, there we go. That that was like a toss up between twenty two short films and and Who Shot Mr. Burns number two. Like they were like the toss yeah. up two episodes for my plus one, definitely. Really? Well I'm from Utica and I've never heard anyone get a face team pants. Oh not that Utica, no, it's nobody. So we'll recap our lists and then we'll just quickly go over a couple that we have just like things we wanted to mention. So uh, my number four was Marge Be Not Proud. My number three was Lisa the Iconoclast. Number two was Summer of Four Foot Two. And my number one was Bart on the Road. And my plus one was 22 short films about Springfield. Okay, so my number four was Raging Abe Simpson and his grumbling grandson in The Curse of the Flying Hellfish. Well done. My, my number th- That's really hard to say, like, on one breath. <laughs> Yeah. Number three is um, Lisa the Iconoclast. My number two is uh, Fish Called Selma. My number one is Treehouse Six. And my plus one is Who Shot Mr. Burns Part Two. What a great couple of lists Yay. for an amazing season. Yeah. So was there any things in this season you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Well, I was actually really like interested to know like what your bottom section was looking my bottom is um <laughs> it's big it is <laughs> sore from sitting on this wooden chair with no cushion uh no my, my bottom episode is sideshow bob's last gleaming yeah that's actually. that's my last one as well yeah yeah for someone yeah. who is like a massive sideshow bob fan that is actually like my bottom choice 25 I, was still, well, I never understood what it was i didn't like about this and this time i watched it and i was just like Bob doesn't seem like Bob in this episode. Yeah. He seems like too just like evil. Yeah. He's not like got the fun scheming. Yeah, I feel like um, this is just like they're, they're sort of like they wanted to do a Sideshow Bob episode because of how iconic the character is but didn't really know what to yeah. do with him. Yeah, and it's kind of just like a weak concept getting rid of telly. It's just like, uh... I think you're right in, in what you're saying. Like he's too evil and he's just not really like the lovable Bob that you know yeah 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 i get it's it it's just lacking his character isn't like the same as the other ones i also feel but, like um, in comparison to other episodes of this season the storyline's quite weak yeah 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 so we're, we're agreed upon like very bottom yeah yeah um there's ones that i was considering for plus ones were um i love mother simpson it's somewhere in the middle that. but yeah purely just like i love glenn close great 
And the ending is like one of my favorite endings to any Simpsons episode ever. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So it was almost my plus one just for the ending. Yeah, I feel like that probably would have been quite like high up on my list in or would have been a plus one definitely. It it is middle of the road for me though, to be honest. It's number nine on my list. Uh it's eleven on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other ones that were maybe on plus ones were, even though this is fairly low down on the list, but 138th episode spectacular, just because yeah. it's unique. It did something different with the clip show format, yeah. um, broke the fourth wall and stuff. I thought that was, it's a really fun way to do a show like that. I think we both said this over text message, but I think this is like the best of the clip shows. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause it does something different with it. And then my other one, which was almost my plus one was Bart Sells His Soul. Yeah, I like uh, this. Just because it's it's my number five. It's the one I said I didn't know whether between that or Marge Be Not Proud. They really flip-flop for me. They're both heartfelt Bart episodes. Yeah. And I just really love them both a lot. Yeah, Bart Sells His Soul's number nine for me. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's I really love this episode. And I actually watched this. Um, so I watched it when we was re-watching. But then I actually watched it a couple of days ago again and i just forgot how much i loved it and it's, like it's really good there's so many good lines like there's so many good gags i know it's uh it was on beef's list i think of all times yeah um yeah we definitely spoke about it on the episode because we we're laughing about uncle mo's family feedback which is <laughs> the, that side plot is just fantastic yeah i love that ow my freaking ears <laughs> how about mad mad mo's pressure cooker <laughs> yeah i love that um, so a couple of episodes that were quite high up on my list were um, Homer Palooza. Yeah, I like that episode actually. I know some people really don't, but it's in the top half. Yeah, for me. It, do you know what makes me laugh? And I don't think I've ever said this to you before, but I remember Becca posting. This is before I spoke to Becca quite regularly, but she posted mm-hmm. something on Instagram about Smashing Pumpkins. And oh yeah, I, she's a big Smashing Pumpkins fan. And I te- I replied to her and said, um, "Homer Simpson smiling politely." <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched this episode with her like the other night. Yeah. Um, and she didn't realize which one it was, and then I was like, "Yeah, it's one of the Smashing Pumpkins." Yeah, she's a big <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins fan. Yeah. She met uh, the weirdo that is Billy Corgan a I couple think, of years ago. I think that's when it was. I think she posted yeah, it must have been. on Instagram that she met Billy Corgan and then I replied yeah. and said Homer Simpson smiling politely <laughs> she's she's worked at a couple of music festivals in the summers sometimes and yeah. um she she was he she met him backstage at the well when, when the last time we were allowed music festivals yeah. so like two years ago <laughs> hey Cannonball I like your statement when life takes a cheap shot at you you stay on your ground Billy Corgan smashing pumpkins Homie Simpson, smiling politely. You know, my kids think you're the greatest. And thanks to your gloomy music, they finally stopped dreaming of a future I can't possibly provide. Well, we try to make a difference. So um, another kind of a few that are quite high up. So obviously I'm the same, like Mother Simpson's really high up. I really mm-hmm. like um, Lisa the Vegetarian, which I actually thought would be on your list. Mm. Actually, it's weird. That episode is actually in the bottom half for me. Oh, really? I like it, and there's moments in it I like. But over, like I said, that every episode in the season so is so good. strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one I actually really love is Bart the Fink. Yeah, I really like. That's that. really high for me. That's actually so. After my top four, you got Bart sells his soul, who shot Mr. Burns, and then Bart the Fink. So it's really high. Do you know what? I think the reason being is that you had the same set of VHSs that I had, and this was on one of them. 
So it's like mm, the nostalgia. That plays a lot into it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of nostalgia with that episode. Um, okay, so my kind of like top half. Um, oh, by the way, that one with the Bart the Fink when the IRS take over Krusty Burger into IRS, IRS Burger. Burger. I love any time that Homer has his little glasses <laughs> and he's looking at the menu. And I only noticed the joke of when he's like, um, I'll have one IRS burger, withhold the lettuce. <laughs> I'll have four tax burgers, one IRS switch, withhold the lettuce, three dependent size sodas, and a Ficacino. Hello, Schedule B. You should receive your burgers in six to eight weeks. Yeah, let's see here. Schedule B, decline 53, take away. Hey, Mars. What were your gambling losses last year? $700! <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, I just love the withhold the less. Oh, sorry, something else in Mother Simpson that really made me laugh this time was, uh, Hi, I'm Kenny Brocklestein. Oh, it's, um, <laughs> it's Ken, 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 Ken Brockman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love the bit in Mother Simpson when um, but um, not but when Burns is just about to go through with the tank and then he he just about puts like Rise of the Valkyrie on, and then all of a sudden Waterloo oh, yeah. comes on and it's like blasting <laughs> through the house. And it's yeah. like, oh, sorry, I taped over that. <laughs> I love the image of him on the tank with his hands together. But I think I think that's actually meant to be a parody of uh, there's yeah. of Margaret Thatcher. There's a, I definitely recognise it from something. Yeah, there's there's like um there's like a really famous picture of her. I think it might have been around the time of um mm. the Falklands, and she right. she's like in like you know like an old lady like headdress type thing, and she's yeah. like dressed like really old lady like driving a tank, and it's like really iconic. Oh. and I think it's like a I couldn't parody place it, of but that. I felt like I recognised yeah. it from something. I think it's supposed to be a parody of that, but I mean, I could mm. be wrong, but that's sort of where my mind like parodied it, definitely. Mm. Um, there are a couple of other things I just quickly wanted to mention. Uh, so we we obviously spoke about like um, struggles of a class, so scenes of a class struggle. Like I like, I really like that episode, but it's really low down for me. Ah, see, that's really high for me. That's the one after Bart the Fink. Oh, really? Mm. Um, I really, I do like that episode, but it, in in the great grand scheme of things, that is like quite low down. Um, and mm. Two Bad Neighbours as well is the same sort of situation. Like it's quite low down, but I actually really like that episode. I think that episode is well underrated. Yeah. It's like, it's in the middle for me, but like, I don't know. I like it. I like the community vibe when they're all having like the yard sales and stuff. Yeah. And Homer singing like, hey, big spender. <laughs> Rainbow suspenders. Dig my blender. Dig this blender. Yeah, it's really fun. Hey, big spender. Dig this blender. Rainbow suspenders. Hey, big spender. We surrender. Spend some dough at table three. And it's really funny because um, Ben and I have like a little inside joke to do with our son. So basically, we was watching that episode and um, Ben was in the kitchen and I went to him, hey, bar, like that, because obviously that's what he does to Barbara Push. <laughs> yeah. And um, my son literally died with laughter. And I was like, it's not even funny. Like, what are you laughing at? And so now I just say to William all the time, Hey bar, and he just pisses himself laughing. It's not even funny, but he thinks he finds it hilarious. So 
out to be a two again. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, the bit in scenes from a class struggle that I liked was it reminded me of um, when she's talking about what she likes about her family. And she's like, oh, I like Bart Homer. I like your in your face attitude and that stuff. And she's like, I like Bart's. I like Bart. I like, <laughs> like Bart. It reminds yeah. me of um, the first episode where she's like, Bart's. Well, we love Bart. Yeah. <laughs> in the Christmas letter. Yeah. And also like the one fish, two fish, like, goodbye, Bart. I like your sheets. Like there's, <laughs> there's this running joke of they don't know what to say that's nice about Bart. I love that. So yeah, really, really good season. I, I really feel like, I don't want to say it, but I feel like after next season, it's going to be a bit of a downward trajectory now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, eight really does like I feel like seven is we've really hit the peak and eight continues on that trajectory before like we start getting a few misses. Yeah. Um but I'm really looking forward I've actually started season eight. I've watched the first three episodes and oh, it's, it's just more of more greatness. Um there's a few just pink dot lines I'll quickly get out of the way while I'm here. <laughs> I love a pink I love dot. Dr. Spirograph in Radioactive Man. One of my favourite <laughs> one joke characters is so bizarre. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Dr. S, have you seen Millhouse today? No. Okay, thanks. Wait, did you know that there's a direct correlation between the decline of Spirograph and the rise in gang activity? Think about it. I will. No, you won't. Uh, an episode I really <laughs> like is the... <laughs> <laughs> that delivery on No You Won't is really good. I was actually, it wasn't the line I was laughing at. It was the way, <laughs> it's the way you said it that made me that just like... No, really, you won't. No, it's you really won't. Good. <laughs> uh, home sweet, home diddly dum doodly is an episode I really like. I really like that, that episode. You really get a look into the boring Flanders household with uh, nachos, Flanders styles, <laughs> that's cucumbers with cottage cheese. <laughs> unflavored for me. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I've got a real like hate for cucumber. So for oh, me, oh, I love cucumber. Oh, it's oh, I really don't know what it is about it. I, I just I hate the taste. I hate the smell. I just hate everything mm. about it. That's like Becca and, of celery. Yeah, and every time they say that line, I always like cringe a little bit. Like, oh, I can't think of anything. <laughs> it's such I like can't... the perfect Flanders food. I can't think of anything worse. Who wants ice cream? I'm flavoured for me. It just cracks me up. <laughs> I'm flavoured. Uh, have I got any others? I think I've mentioned all the others. Oh, no. I've actually... So The Day the Violence Died is a really good episode. Which episode it's, is that? Because that's actually really high up on my list, but I can't remember what episode it is. It's the one um, with... Um, it's the Itchy and Scratchy episode where they say that they meet Chester Lampwick. Oh, I love that episode. Yeah. It has Kirk Douglas. three pink dot episodes oh, in wow. one. Three, three pink dot lines in one episode, which is the uh, works on contingency. No, money down <laughs> is from that. All right, gentlemen, I'll take your case, but I'm going to have to ask for a thousand dollar retainer. A thousand dollars? But your ad says no money down. Oh, they got this all screwed up. So you don't work on a contingency basis? No, money down. Oops, shouldn't have this bar association logo here either. The vest hearts. It has a dinner dog. <laughs> that is why, because I posted it, didn't I? Because I was watching it and I posted it on Instagram yeah. and it was like, dinner dog. <laughs> dinner dog is, oh my God, it's just... <laughs> 
everyone who's ever seen that episode has that in their head. Dinner that dog. is like one of the most addictive line readings in The Simpsons ever. Dinner dog. And then finally, it has one of my favourite Marge, Marge's simple lines ever, which is, um, how about ghost mutt? <laughs> Your Honour, you take away our right to steal ideas? Where are they going to come from? Huh? How about ghost mutt? <laughs> I love that. So I wrote on Instagram, watching the day the violence died for research for Bob and I record our episode on season seven. Did anyone else read Dinner Dog in the blue head lawyer's voice or is it just me? Yeah. Dinner Dog. Everyone, everyone was like... Dinner Dog. Everyone was like, oh my God, I read that in his voice. Yeah. I love it. I also like, paint my chicken coop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good episode, actually. Your corn muffins were lousy. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Sorry, what was you gonna say about the Instagram? So I was gonna I was gonna start segueing into the outro oh, okay. if we're if we're ready, because we're now at plus two hours and I have to edit this bad boy. <laughs> Dinner dog. Uh this is this might be the longest episode we ever do. We'll see. Right, so talking of the Instagram, Emma runs the Instagram page. Whoop. Tell us about it, Emma. Yep, so um I just post random Simpsons quotes and memes and whatever comes in my little head really. Um and you like can dinner find dog. like dinner dog. I've literally just posted um <laughs> I love these lazy Saturdays and it's like it's Wednesday, how because it is Wednesday today <laughs> when we're recording this. But yeah, you can find yeah. us um on Instagram at four underscore and underscore one underscore more. Mm. You can indeed. Uh, you can also talk to us on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Bob Shoy. That's my name. It's at B O B S H O Y. And I post about, you know, all the pods I'm doing and stupid jokes that don't get enough attention. And films. Um, <laughs> yeah, and post about films. And Emma's also on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm on Twitter at, at Emma Rowena, which is at E M M A. R-O-E-N-A, and I just retweet things, really. <laughs> yeah. Not much original content from me. Yeah, and you can contact us at the email as well, which is fourandonemorepod at gmail.com, or you can contact via the website, which is fourandonemore.com. And you can also go to my website, which is bobshoy.com, to see the other podcasts I work on. And you can support my time editing and researching those podcasts as well as this one, also at patreon.com slash bobshoy. Um, and go leave a rating review. Yes. They're always appreciated. Yeah, they literally make our day. You sent me one the other day, didn't you? And I was like, oh, that made me feel so good for the rest of the day. Yeah, do that and tell other people. If you like the show, tell other people about the show. Yay. That's the most helpful thing you can do because the best ways for podcasts to grow is word of mouth, 100%. 100%. Um, and it's a nice compact podcast. It's like a limited series, which are nice. I love coming across a show and like, oh, cool, it's, it's 15 episodes done. I can enjoy those and then I've learned something. I do like quite a lot of the stuff that I... Uh, listen to in my free time is quite limited podcast but then i get really sad when they end i'm like oh i really want yeah. more but yeah well good, good things good things must come to an end they must as is this episode <laughs> so uh next time oh emma you don't know what's next time no. i've got the list here yeah this is one you really wanted to do and we finally come around to it so uh, before season eight, we're going to be doing our four and one more jobs that Ooh. Homer has had over the I'm years. So, so it's four and one more Homer jobs. Yeah. And there's so many of them. I started making a shortlist just from episodes we've gone over so far. And it's like 
over a page long in my notebook. So <laughs> he's had a lot of jobs. Wow. Love that. So yeah, Homer's Jobs next time, followed by season Yay. eight. And until then, we love you lots. Thanks for listening. And please, pardon my galoshes. <laughs> Au revoir. Dinner talk. Bye-bye. Dinner with Fred. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. Dinner with Fred. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com